1: Welcome, Auburn, into the Tuesday edition of Sports Call Live on Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm, and the Tiger Communications app. My name is Ryan LaVoy, the host of this show. Today I've got Brooks Childress and Tom Peavy with me here on this Tuesday edition. We have a fun show planned for you this afternoon as a lot of different things to offer up today. We'll talk a little bit more about recruiting post-Big Cat Weekend. Uh, We'll also talk a little bit of trade deadline in Major League Baseball. Braves made another move today. Also, a couple of big players changing hands, so we'll update you on that. And, of course, trade deadline goes up until 5 Central, so if anything else happens with Braves, we'll let you know. We got Justin Ferguson on the program at 4.15 of the Auburn Observer. be good to catch up with him after about a month. We'll, again, reminisce about media days a little bit, talk about – Uh, the recruiting that auburn has done and look forward to fall practice which opens up on thursday so again justin ferguson at 4 15 at 5 o'clock today we will return a segment that we have not done in quite some time quite some time sports calls five at five will return brought to you by southeastern land group so don't uh, miss out on that again that's right at the top of the hour once we return at five o'clock and then shortly after that today we will have a town named tuesday haven't been it has been a few weeks since we've done that so i we'll have another fun segment brooks has again uh, done great work to help put that together we'll invite brant in the studio for that as well and so we'll have a fun time in the five o'clock hour with a town name tuesday of course uh, birthdays and sports nightly tv guide is always sandwiched in between all of that so a full show planned for you here on this tuesday edition of the show not maybe not too much on the thunder chicken front as uh going to miss some players tonight and we'll still be out there two more games uh but uh, don't need to go a big breakdown of uh, what's going to happen tonight uh but we do have that coming up after the show today as well so full show planned ryan tom and brooks with you here on this tuesday afternoon of course your phone calls on the auburn bank phone line at 334-887-3401 locally or toll free one triple 9 tiger 9 are always welcome on top of all the good stuff we've got planned for you today tom we'll start with you how are you doing this afternoon
2: i'm doing great um, just yeah, just kind of trying to keep track of all the sports stuff and uh, getting ready for that. Uh, I'm yeah. You said you don't want to get into the too much Southern chickens. I'm one of those that will not be there tonight, unfortunately. I've got stuff that I'm trying to get ready for for this weekend with uh, the ceremonies, the uh, funeral ceremonies of Bubba Sorensen. But uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just a. Uh, Another week trying to get ready for football season and keeping track of all the moving parts that are going on, all the moving parts uh, uh, before the trade deadline that's going on, and it's kind of everything in the world of sports. It's kind of the last little bit dead period before we start really getting into high and heavy.
1: You know, I was thinking about that last night. I uh, had a meal out uh, with my brother, JJ, and uh, and got back to the apartment. I was like, you know, uh, there is – not too many more nights where I get back home at 8 o'clock. And I'm like, huh, or 9 o'clock and be like, hmm, there's not much to catch up on, not much to, to go watch. You know, you want to go pin up Netflix, play a game. What do you want to do, basically? Uh, that's about to come to an end. So if everybody's yeah. kind of enjoyed some of the downtime, well, take advantage of the next few weeks before we get going. Or if you've just vastly missed everything again, your, uh, your, your long wait is almost over. So, uh, football season, uh, heck, the Hall of Fame game in the NFL. We'll have NFL previews coming up a little bit later in the in the month of August. Uh, the Hall of Fame game starts Thursday, so I mean, your first little taste of football is even uh, just a couple days away beyond the collegiate level. The week zero makes you get one week closer because of that. All all good stuff there. Brooks Childress also on the show today. Brooks, I hope you had a, a great weekend. I know you traveled uh, back to your homeland this weekend. Hope that went well, and uh, good to see you back here.
3: Yeah, it was uh, it was great to get back home see see the fans uh ate some good food while we were out and about uh, and it was it was a good relaxing weekend, kind of not the last time uh, I will be having a relaxing weekend before football gets started, but the last time before uh, fall camp kind of gets underway here uh, later this week. And yeah, it's, it's an exciting time. Is we're just you know I, I think we're actually one day like tomorrow fall camp officially starts. First practice though is not until Thursday, and so we're we're getting so close to to football being back. Like you said, NFL action starting up on Thursday, so we get some live football even though it may just be the Hall of Fame game, it's still it's live football on your T V, live American football on your T V. Uh, and so can't wait for, for that. And, of course, we're still in the middle of baseball season. Trade deadline going down just about what a little over an hour now, just under two hours till the trade deadline. Uh, and the Braves made a move earlier today. We'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, last night, the, the Angels, who have been very busy leading up to the trade deadline, they got the best of the Braves in game one of this three-game set. Hopefully the Braves can uh, can get two, the, the next two. They got one tonight and then one tomorrow. So when, when Sports Call comes on the year tomorrow, it's going to be one of those where there's two Braves games Done before the we you talk to or you hear us again. So Braves taking on Otani and the Angels, and so we'll talk a little bit about that. But uh, can't wait to to get into this sports call. We got a lot to talk about. Can't wait to talk to all of our callers as
4: well.
2: Yeah, in that Braves game, uh, all eyes were on Otani, and he had a mammoth well, it was a moonshot that was about to go out. And Michael Harris robbed him of a home run. So right. uh, the excitement of watching Otani hit a home run against the Braves, I guess, went away with Michael Harris, but. Well, the Angels still got the best of them. Well, don't right, don't was, jinx it. He still well, got two games against yeah, the Braves.
1: Yeah, true. Uh, that was uh, just one game. He did have a couple hits, I believe. He yeah. had a rocket to ride and got walked a time or two. and So he still had a very productive game. But, yeah, uh, money Mike Harris with a uh, great defensive play in center field to, to keep it close for the night. But the Braves ultimately not a big offensive night last night, and that happens. But, uh, yeah, Braves and Angels, will, as Brooks said, will always have two games to digest. That's a little bit uh, – a little bit more hearty the next day when you have uh, two to react to instead of one. But want to, again, open up the show today a little bit. Uh, start with you, Brooks, here in just a moment. About this uh, this big cat weekend that just concluded went, uh, went by and uh, obviously culminated in a couple of big-time Auburn commitments from Malcolm Simmons but also from Perry Thompson. Auburn, in a matter of just a few days, successfully flipping five-star players from the two arch rivals Georgia and Alabama also obviously we know the context of what they do on the field but also in the recruiting world they have been uh, top of the heat for for several years in Alabama for a long period of time and and obviously Georgia the last few years here with Kirby Smart Uh, so again significant for flipping guys from big programs even more significant flipping guys from your rival programs and one on the offensive side of the ball one on the defensive side of the ball Auburn, we've talked about 15th in the recruiting rankings according to on three, but we know the average averages out as the number four class if, if you're just taking the average rated recruit, Brooks. So, uh, again, what do you think of Big Cat Weekend and the successes Auburn is having? We I know we've talked a little bit about it throughout the summer, but now we're really starting to put some names with that momentum.
3: Yeah, uh, this, this past weekend, this little stretch here has been one of the, the better recruiting – periods that i i can remember uh since i at least since i've been you know fully paying attention to auburn football recruiting um it's been really good the hugh freeze and this this uh this crew has uh, they stepped up to the plate and they're they're getting the most out of out of the opportunities they have to talk to these kids. You know, obviously flipping uh, Thompson from Alabama. You flipped uh, the other kid earlier in the week from Georgia, and you're you're continuing to win some of these battles. And I, I think somebody on on the program said it yesterday, uh, and it may have been you, Ryan. You, you may have said this yesterday. Is you you know it it's. You're you're entering this period now. It uh, started today that it's no contact with uh, for, for recruiting. So there's a recruiting dead period right now for football. Um, you're gonna you, you may start see some more fruits of that labor uh, from Big Cat Week and start to trickle in here where where people do have their commits because they get to you know they they instead of make you know not making a commitment right there on the spot, you go home, talk to your family for a few days, maybe a couple weeks, and then you come out and you may see some more recruitments or some more. Uh, commitments out of this this big cat weekend um it, it's it's impressive and again you know we, we don't want to you know overstate the we, we don't want to say oh this is you know the greatest thing that's ever happened uh for auburn football recruiting because it, it's you know it i think brant's pointed it out on the on the show before it's still not they're still not recruiting on the you know fully on the same level as in alabama or georgia or clemson but it it's it's getting there and it's it's the fact that you you looked at what happened the last two years with brian harson's and and that staff compared to what's going on now and you can see what could have been going on and you can see where it's going you you can see a clear path where it's going with with brian harson the last couple of years you were kind of like well i is he recruiting? But we don't really like. There's a lot of weeds here. You can see with you, what Hugh Freeze is doing, you can see a clear path, and you can see where Auburn football recruiting is starting to trend toward, and it is starting to trend toward the positive area of not just the the country, but the Southeastern Conference, where you you start to climb that back up. Um, it's it's really good, and like I said, it's one of the better recruiting uh, time periods that I've seen uh, it, it, since I've started paying attention fully to Auburn football recruiting. Um, but it's really good. Uh, all, Hugh Freeze and the staff have done a really good job of selling the program, uh, I'm sure, on to victory. The, the NIL Collective has had some, uh, some say in in it, too, so they've done a good job of you know getting in line. And it goes back to uh, what we heard at SEC Media Days a couple weeks ago with Hugh Freeze, that everybody is in line right now, the, the administration, the football, the football staff the boosters, NIL, everything's kind of in lockstep right now. Everybody sees a vision and they're going for it and you see the the fruits of that labor. You see the fruits of having a a, a unified front. You're going out there and you're convincing some of these top-level recruits to say, "Hey, maybe reconsider Auburn." And they're like, "Yeah, all right. I'll come I'll 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 come over to you." And so it, it's 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 very positive. i'm I'm very impressed of what what happened this uh, not just what's happened this weekend, but what has happened the last couple of weeks and the last couple of months with Auburn football recruiting.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And again, don't want to belabor the point, but um, for those that that listen in and out or or don't listen to every particular show, some things are worth repeating. Again, this process shows you how important it is to continue at at players and continue recruiting them throughout the entire process. It is. A lot of work. It is something that, uh, again, it can be frustrating because we are talking a lot about it right now because we're getting close to the season and there's so much momentum and it's just something we need to talk about. Normally, I don't want to go above and beyond talking about players that have not yet stepped foot uh, as a member of the Auburn Tigers on their practice field or on the football field. But the, the thing is, is that this is something we've not seen in a while, as you pointed out. And the vast disparity. From Brian Harson to really anything else, because even Malzahn to Harson was was night and day, uh, not in a good way for for, for Brian Harson. But to again return back to the level of expectation um, as a bare minimum, I know they're ranked fifteenth. People will still point that out. I get it. There is more players to get, uh, and Auburn will get more players, uh, and, and that's why I am telling you right now. The average is what I am looking at because we're still four months from signing day. And there's a lot of time. Look, to be fair, there's, th- there's time for an Auburn commitment to flip, although obviously everyone feels good about their own commits. Uh, the word commitment usually is a good thing. Uh, but, again, noted that Auburn has flipped a couple of people this cycle. And so if you can flip from someone else, they can flip from you. But I still believe that there could be another flip or two coming. There's another, I think, blue-chip caliber player or two coming. Uh, and then you never know if there's other guys that they're working on that all of a sudden come out of the blue because, again, what I said yesterday is in recruiting, unlike in life, a lot of times we care a lot about the first impression someone makes or a player or just someone in your personal life. That's not how it works in the recruiting world. They want a lot of impressions, and sometimes it's actually the last impression that makes the most sense. It's what we refer to in the sports world as recency bias, and I think that what this class is proving to you is that recency bias is way more important than a first impression because if it was all about the first impression Auburn would still have zero of these people the, the this recruiting started two years ago for this cycle of players that for 2024 I mean heck Auburn even brought uh, two players from 2026 his class and one player from 2027 class to Big Cat Weekend so for them the recruiting process is three and four years away so, obviously, Brian Harson was, quote, starting the process with these guys, except he wasn't because he wasn't in a good job. He wasn't reaching out to the level he should have, and uh, he, again, did not value it like he should have, didn't under, fully understand it. Um, if it was all about that, then Auburn would have failed miserably. It, there would have been no redeeming it, but obviously, the recruiting process is about more than just the initial, the initial visit or the initial offer or the initial contact because, of what Hugh Freeze has done and company in the last eight months, kind of what the staff did to some degree at the end of last year, Cadillac Williams and Company trying to hold everything together for the next person to come in. You also have to give credit to those people. But then obviously these last seven or eight months, what Hugh Freeze has pitched to these high school players uh, is making a lot of sense to them. And they are starting to drink the Kool-Aid a little bit. And so it's always about the long game in these recruiting processes because they take... Year, I mean these kids a lot of them I won't say all of them because nothing's hundred percent a lot of these kids are known commodities or at least they are going to be big time gets for your school you can already tell that in ninth and tenth grade that's why the process starts three four years out and so let me give you let me go here i this this might sound this might sound too optimistic but let me at least present this to you if Hugh Freeze and Auburn can still get a top five rated level of recruit on average with players that were initially recruited or ignored by Brian Harson and staff, imagine what two to three to four years of recruiting the same players could do for a class. All of a sudden it wouldn't be fifteenth with the top five average. It would be a top five average with a top five ranking. And so I think that that is very potentially on the horizon. Now, obviously, as time goes on, Auburn can't face plant, go 6-6, six and 5-7, six, I've showed on the field, and that will become increasingly more relevant as time goes on. But if the outline stays true to form and you start with seven or eight wins this year – then you contend for a playoff spot in year two, and then you are in a playoff in year three, then I believe that recruiting is going to end up being top five if you're just measuring on how they've already been able to do so much with such a little head start.
2: Uh, the, uh, the product on the field is definitely going to have something to say about that, but then also the, just the pure development of these players uh, as they move on because I think that's one thing that uh, has hurt Auburn's recruiting, especially on the offensive side of the ball. It's, uh, it's one of those horses that I've beat to death about offensive recruits or offensive players from auburn in the nfl and that's what makes teams like alabama georgia clemson some of these look so attractive especially to your top quarterbacks top receivers top offensive linemen because they produce so much nfl talent from that side of the ball and auburn has not and the talent that auburn has sent to the league has either not panned out or uh many stories written about how they basically had to learn the game all over again stuff like that so if they can develop this talent, bring the talent in develop the talent and then start showing the fruits of your labors of these guys making the nfl becoming something in the nfl then that's also going to make auburn just so much more attractive to the to these kids uh so yeah you can bring them in all you want to and 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 let auburn sell itself but you've got to be able to do something with it once you get the guys here
3: yeah and it, you know like you both have said it it's it, you can you know you could do so much with coming in selling your program uh, and and using nil and that's that's going to get you only so far like you said tom you gotta you gotta have the results on the field, and I think that's what you're gonna see coming up is, is you're you you're gonna have this this you got this headwind right now going into it because you you're selling the you're selling what's the potential here the potential at Auburn once you get on that field once you hit September second and and you get Auburn versus UMass now recruits are gonna be able to look at what you actually do on the field with this with, with the with this football team and there's going to be a, a a, a product out there that people are able to look at and either you can you can either sell it positively or negatively and if it if it's not great to start start things off if it's you know six and six you can go and you can still sell we need you to come here and build this up but after a couple years down the road then you got to have some results to say and you can't just say you we need you to come build this up well you've been here a couple years and you haven't built anything yet and so your Hugh Freeze, the staff, has done a great job with with selling the product they have now. Once the recruits can get into the stadium, watch you play, you're going to have to modify your pitch. But, you know, I, I've I've got confidence that the staff is going to be able to do that.
1: We're going to go to our first time out of the show today. When we come back, we'll hit up the Auburn Bank phone line for the first time today. A little bit later, again, Justin Ferguson coming up at 4.15. More on the MLB trading deadline also – Uh, More on the Pac-12, they allegedly presented a TV deal, air quotes TV deal, uh, to the presidents of the Pac-12 earlier today. We'll tell you a little bit about an update on the Pac-12 and their negotiations that seem to be uh, ever negative in a lot of forms and fashions. You're listening to the Tuesday edition of Sports Call on Tiger 95.9.
0: easy it is to listen to our show all you have to do with your amazon smart device is say alexa play sports call auburn i'm trevon
5: reed former auburn tiger football player and national champion you're listening to sports call on tiger 95.9
1: the sports call on tiger 95.9 ryan Levoy brooks childress and tom Peavy with you here on this tuesday again coming up a little bit later justin ferguson at 4 15 also a town name tuesday and also the return of our sports call five at five so don't want to miss any of that but for now let's go to the auburn bank phone line 334-887-341 locally or toll free one eight nine tiger first up on the show today james from montgomery james is with us james how are you this afternoon
5: I'm good on War Eagle. War Eagle. Yeah, I know that y'all were talking about uh, the upcoming schedule for uh, September 2nd when Auburn plays against UMass. And I know that a lot of the uh, recruiters, I know they're going to be looking at, uh, you know, what they're going to be buying from, from uh, Hugh Freeze as well.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, again, they're trying to um, obviously put together a, a great recruiting class and certainly going to have recruits on campus once the. Dead period ends back in uh, in September, but uh, yeah, another recruiting goes on.
5: Yeah, because I know with uh, the NIL, I know all these uh, college athletes from all these universities getting a lot of money. And when they when they were talking about the NIL, uh, probably during like the summer months before you know everything started, I was thinking to myself, why would they want to pay uh, young men and women? all this money just for what? What are they using it for? I mean, are they using it for their schooling? Are they using it like for products that they're going to be like spokesmen and spokeswomen for their products? And I I probably say that's a hard no because these are young uh, college uh, athletes that play in these universities. These are not like professional uh, athletes. You know, they, these are not like professional athletes like LeBron James or uh, James Harden or Luka Doncic or uh, Asia Wilson and, uh, you know, Kelsey Plum. Those are those are the people that should those are the athletes that should get the, LI, the NIL deal money for, you know, for them because they're playing professionally. These are just uh, uh, college students that are just playing Uh, you know, sports on the weekend as well.
1: Well, uh, again, I think that uh, obviously there is a difference in in pro and college and those pro teams and uh, they have contracts through the team. The NIL is meant to be contracts through businesses and that sort of thing. And college athletes are still very valuable. They still have brands. They still uh, are part of a a money-making process, both for the school and for a community even. And so that's why they are now able to profit on their name, image, and likeness because, again, of the value that they bring uh, to college athletics and all the money that goes into college athletics. And we've talked about various TV deals and a lot of that revenue. And that revenue wouldn't be made possible without great players on the field. So that's, that's why they're uh, getting these NIL opportunities. And, again, they are a little different from, from NFL and, and, and college in, in theory because of the nature of who's paying who.
5: Yes, I saw because I know with uh, some of these uh, football players, they're they're actually looking like you know they're trying to sell you know like a good product or something or you know do something off the field with uh, some of the local businesses as well because I know uh, with Auburn University we do have a partnership with Under Armour as well and it's really uh, we've been partnering with Under Armour for. You know, a lot of years, and that's where we get our, you know, our, uh, our, you know, for the football players, that's where they get their apparel, uh, their apparel from, and we actually do get our apparel from them as well because we're we're the face of the of the Auburn uh, franchise team as well because with us as fans, we're a part of that as well, and we should get like a a, a slice of that. Uh, Pie of the NIL deal money as well, too.
1: Yeah, it doesn't quite work that way, uh, but uh, I, uh, I know fans obviously want to uh, see their favorite athletes and that sort of thing, but uh, yeah, no, that's that's uh, kind of a little bit backwards there, where uh, the players create the value there, and of course, there wouldn't be a big audience without the fans, but again, then it all would fall in in itself, so fans are not the ones to be incentivized. Uh, to participate in that sort of thing. But, uh, yeah, no, I think uh, NIL, again, uh, I know some people are opposed to it, but they're trying to figure out how to regulate it better, but it is going to be here to stay in some capacity.
5: Yeah, because I know with a lot of um, fans that are really upset about it, I mean, you know, we, we just have to ride along on our own, on our own little thing and then maybe – you know, down the line, we might do something, you know, for the fans as well. You know, we might as well put something together as the fan base of Auburn. You know, we might, we might, you know, put our, put our uh, trust and issues into these players because we do see these players from, you know, college to actually go to pro. And then next thing you know, we're following right behind them wherever they go. You know, we're, we're a part of their, you know, friendship as well and, and, and I can actually relate to that
1: as well. What else is on your mind today, James?
5: Well, I am actually going to be looking at uh, some more insights before the uh, Hall of Fame Enshrinement ceremony and the game. And I was looking on uh, ESPN um, uh, app, uh, the ESPN app, and they said that Aaron Rodgers um, is stepping away from playing this weekend's game. So I think he has something that he has to uh, take care of. He has uh, some kind of family uh, business that he has to take care of. So he will not be playing in the Hall of Fame assignment game uh, this Saturday as well. So I don't know who they're going to actually uh, have to fill in for him as well.
1: Yeah, I haven't, uh, I haven't seen that. I know some some uh, big stars don't certainly don't play all the preseason games, and uh, I'm not sure if Rodgers uh, will end up playing or not on Thursday. But, again, I know some starters take some of them off uh, in the preseason, don't want to get injury. But I, I would expect to see Rodgers a decent amount in the preseason just to get acclimated to a new team and new teammates, that sort of thing.
5: Yeah, because I was listening to um, Aaron Rodgers over uh, last weekend when they, when they were talking with him when he was – when the uh, New York Jets were doing training camp, and then he was very upset about one of the head coaches. I think it was Sean Payton that was talking a little bit about him, and I think things got a little – I think for Aaron Rodgers, I think he got a little heated under the collar with uh, Sean Payton as the new uh, head coach of the Denver Broncos as well.
1: Yeah, there was some beef there. Again, Sean Payton made some comments about – uh, the uh, apt uh, apt or lack of uh, lack of ability of the, the previous coaching staff in Denver, and uh, of course with I believe was it uh, wasn't Nathaniel Hackett who uh, had been there, and I think that you know obviously things did not go well in Denver. That's why it necessitated a change, and uh, I believe Hackett went to uh, New York. I believe did he not go to the uh, as a coordinator? Nathaniel Hackett to, the, the, hack it? to uh, the Jets, I think. Uh, I can
3: confirm um, that for you.
1: So I, I think that he's defending, you know, his uh, his current coach and or one of his coaches. And, yeah, he's offensive coordinator at the Jets, uh, yep. and so uh, I, I yeah. think he's defending there. And again, that's that's why he he came out and said that, and yeah, it created a little bit of beef between the two.
5: Yeah, because I I think with uh, Sean Payton. I mean, he's a really good. Uh, he's he's a, one of the best head coaches of of all time. He coached at uh, in New Orleans with the Saints, and now he's coaching with the Denver Broncos. And I, I see great opportunity with him being at the Broncos, and I, I'll probably see the Broncos actually make it to the Super Bowl as well because I think they're they're looking like a good Super Bowl team, and with me talking on this topic of the Super Bowl, I probably see the Dallas Cowboys and the Denver Broncos actually playing in the Super Bowl as well because I mean, with with the Denver Broncos, I remember uh, one point in time the Denver Broncos actually went to the Super Bowl with uh, Hall of Famer uh, John Elway as well, and that was one of the best Super Bowls of all time and that is going to be something if if uh, the Dallas Cowboys and the Denver Broncos might meet up in the Super Bowl in Las Vegas, Nevada, as well.
1: Yeah, went to more than one there, and then also went to uh, Super Bowl with Peyton Manning not too long ago against the Carolina Panthers. So uh, Denver's been able to do that multiple times, and it's certainly a storied organization. And we'll see how uh, Sean Payton can fix things around this year.
5: Yes, as well. And then um, for the Major League Baseball with a trade deadline, I'm going to see if. Uh, Sharni Ohtani is going to stay with the Los Angeles uh, Angels, or if he's going to go to another team.
1: Yeah, Shohei Ohtani. I, I, the Angels have already said they're keeping him. He's going to be in the lineup against the Braves tonight. He will uh, he will not be traded. But I know there is some other big names out there like Justin Verlander who just got traded back to Houston, and uh, we'll see if Juan Soto or someone else big moves here in the last hour and a half.
5: Yeah, because if um, if we're my if my team if Dallas. I mean, if the Texas Rangers might need somebody, I think it'll be uh, somebody that's from another team. So I don't know who we're going to actually trade off between now and uh, later on as as time goes on as well.
1: Yeah, your Rangers got a big, big trade with Max Scherzer. He is one of the top pitchers in in Major League Baseball. So that was a big trade, and hopefully the Rangers play well down the stretch.
5: Yeah, because we do have a game uh, tonight. Uh, we play the White Sox, so I think that's going to be a tough game at home. Um, I'm hoping that we'll win this one. Um, it is, it, it's, it's going to be, um, it's going to be a tough call because we're so far away from like the postseason right now. Um, you know, it, it, it's going to, it's going to take some time for us to bounce back as well. So I'm, I'm hoping things, uh, will look good for my Texas Rangers as well.
1: White Sox are a bad team, though, so hopefully the uh, Rangers can take advantage of that. Do you have any final thoughts for us today, James, before we have to let you go?
5: Um, I don't have any final thoughts for you all today, but um, I'll probably uh, send you all some uh, great trivia for tomorrow as well.
1: All right, let us know because we were looking for it today, but I don't think we saw that on Twitter. So uh, make sure you send that to us so we can give that to you tomorrow. All right, sounds good in War Eagle. War Eagle, that is James from Montgomery joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line. We're going to take our next time out of the show, back with more sports call right after this. <laughs>
0: is on the air weekdays from 3 until 6 p.m.
2: If you are currently driving in a four-door sedan, roll up the windows and turn up the radio.
0: We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. I'm Deshaun Davis, former Auburn Tigers football player and all-SEC linebacker. You're listening to
6: Sports Call on Tiger 95.9.
1: back to sports call on tiger ninety five point nine, the tiger. and FM, the tiger communications app ryan Lavoy, tom Peavy, brooks Childress with you here on this sunny and hot tuesday afternoon let's go back to the auburn bank phone line 334-887-341 or toll toll free one free tiger nine next up Ward Dam steve retired Ward Dam steve is with us steve Steve are you this
2: afternoon
7: very good you you guys for taking my phone call good afternoon to you and to uh, Mr. Brooks and Mr. Tom Peavy.
2: Hello, sir.
7: Okay, well, if you're not familiar with this sitcom, because I'm a little bit older than some of you guys, uh, not been regular for Franklin's days, but uh, in the 70s, a sitcom came on Saturday nights. It's called Get Smart. Uh, there were two uh, secret agents on there. Uh, one of them was uh, Smart, being played by Don Adams, and the other was uh, his uh, cohort, a uh, female by uh, the name of Agent 99. Well, whenever he got into trouble and Almost, you know, just missed catching uh, the bad guy. He tells the Chief, missed him by that much, Chief, by that much. Well, last, this morning, I saw the one-and-a-half-minute video clip, and, and that ball that hit the goal post, uh, gone in a different trajectory, uh, the World Cup for the U.S. would have been over. They missed going, missed going in by, by, by that much. Uh, did you guys see the video, a replay of that? How how uh, it just hit? It was it hit so strong, I guess, because it could have either I think, gone into the uh, uh, into the net. Uh, but I couldn't do a slow motion. Did you guys see it?
3: Yeah, it was it was man, it was so close. And the U.S. women are, are lucky that they're they're through to the to the knockout stages.
7: Zero to zero. So I'm reading the criticism guys, the comments. Uh, what's going on? Why this uh, difficulty with? because uh, I was reading it because uh, I didn't see the game, but the critics were saying they were missing uh, shots that they normally uh, could have made and they should have made, and uh, there's a, a lack of aggressiveness uh, in open shots. What's going on, guys? Do you guys have any
1: thoughts? Yeah, you know, I think that uh, with part of this with the women's national team, again, I, I did not get to see uh, any of the, the third game. I was decidedly asleep, and I just did not uh, – I was not doing that. Um I, I think that they have I I wonder and again I don't I don't watch enough to be have very strong opinions, but I wonder if they've just taken these teams too lightly because it's early in the tournament and they've maybe not valued uh these games as much as they should have. At least that would be the the I think that'd be the more positive spin on it if you're the US the other spin on it would be the U.S. is just not as good as we thought they'd be, and they're not as good as they've been in years past. And, again, I, I'm i not the one to know that. Uh, I, I don't watch enough of them. I don't watch the other countries. Soccer is already way down the list for me uh, in one respect, and, again, that's already on the men's side, and I watch even far fewer women's games. So, uh, again, that is way down the list for me, but I think just gathering what I have from the little I have seen of this tournament so far – Either the U.S. is taking these teams lightly and they shouldn't be, it's the World Cup, or this team is just clearly not what they were thinking they would be and they're in big trouble.
7: Okay. Yeah, I don't know uh, how much they're in big trouble or not, but I guess we're going to find out. Because it looks like our, I guess, routine nemesis team is going to be Sweden again.
3: Yeah, and that, that's, that's not a good thing if, the, you know, if you're the U.S. and they've been playing like this because Sweden's a very good, pro, uh, very good club.
7: Yeah, that will happen, I think, is it Sunday?
3: I think you're right.
7: Yeah. I think around 5 o'clock our time, maybe, in the morning. Yeah. So they, maybe it's more doable. All right. So we'll see how it pans out. Moving on, guys. Uh with soccer real quickly. The youngest ever soccer player played yesterday. Um, her name is Casey Fair, P-H-A-I-R. She uh, just turned 16th birthday. was on about a month ago. Anyway, she's the youngest now to ever play in the Women's World Cup. She uh, played for South Korea. Uh, in a losing battle, uh, and uh, they lost at Columbia two to nothing. And then I looked up; and see, is there a minimum weight, uh, age limit? Or, anyway, apparently, according to FIFA uh, World Cup Championship regulations, there is no age a minimum requirement. Guys, in fact, the oldest player to play uh, was forty-five years old. So apparently, I guess you can be a toddler.
3: Yeah, I don't think it's that that extreme, but uh, yeah, I think it's it's probably like a reasonable age to get out there.
7: But I Auburn thought they had some kind of age minimum requirement. I guess uh, they don't, according for rules, so I saw them. All right. Uh, moving on, guys. About uh, our recruiting. So I looked this up, and in the last 10 years, as far back as I went, Auburn has finished the recruiting rankings 5th, 6th, 8th, 8th, 9th, 10th, 12th, 18th, and 18th, and 19th in recruiting. So... Uh, and that was no a particular order, you know, it's not, you know, just a shock that we uh, could get back into the uh, top ten in recruiting and that please is doing it this quickly. Now, that that to me tells me that uh, the past administration didn't do very much work, and I know you guys have alluded to that as well. So saying all that, guys, it looks like Mr. Bolden is going to be a, uh, I guess, a, uh, according to Christian crucial committee, it's going to be a, a a real battle between us and FSU. And right now, uh, no one is saying which way that might go. You guys, hear anything?
1: Sure. Yeah. Now we we talked a little bit about it yesterday, and I, I mentioned Florida State is a real player in there. Tom thinks that Georgia uh, still could be the front runner for for Bolden. I you know I think that all three of those schools in reality are all all in it and. Uh, I think, again, if you were telling me, talk to me this time last week, I would have just said it was two-horse race between Georgia and Florida State. I think Big Cat Weekend did really move the needle for K.J. Bolden. Uh, And so I think that decision's coming pretty soon from what I understand, and I don't have a great read on it. There was the report, and if if he's being honest, then I think that's a good sign for Auburn. But uh, a report said that K.J. Bolden – last conversation before he commits anywhere is going to be with Hugh Freeze and if that's true that sounds like a positive for Auburn I'm not going to promise you that it's going to end up working out in Auburn's favor but that it would tend to be a good sign but again I I, I think this is more of an even race whereas the other guys once the momentum started for Auburn it was just it was all Auburn and it was just moving in that direction of of Uh, Of space, and I I don't always want to say it uh, because hindsight's twenty twenty. I don't want to say that at the time we were all just like one hundred percent sure about Riddick and Perry Thompson. But again, all the momentum had been in Auburn's favor. Whereas this time, I think there's momentum for Auburn, but I think that's more momentum to catch up with these other two schools, not to surpass them.
7: Yeah, according to Christian, he says even if uh, he doesn't pick Auburn or doesn't pick any particular uh, the other programs and goes one other program, it's not over. He says he expects either Auburn or Florida Georgia, to continue going after uh, Mr. Boulder until actual signing day. you agree?
1: Yes, I agree. I mean, he's a top ten player on uh, from the industry ranking. I mean, he's an even higher rated player than what we've talked about with Perry Thompson Demarcus Riddick. So those type of guys, four months – I mean, because, again, he can say the words tomorrow, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, whenever, but that's still four months until you sign your name on the dotted line. And for – someone that's that big of a deal and that's unanim- that unanimously good, he's five-star on all the sites, not just one or two of them, then you don't just give up on that if you feel that there's any room there to, to sway. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I kind of like with Cam Coleman, how I'm not convinced that Cam Coleman is... Is truly done with his recruiting process, even though again, I'm not saying that it's necessarily going to be to flip to Auburn one of these days. But I'm just, I'm skeptical if that's a done deal. I would be skeptical either way, anyway, about uh, KJ Bolton.
7: Okay. Oh, it's not over until we see the actual signing. Uh, what guys have you heard? Because I can't find anything on any of the websites I go to. Uh, Mr. Dukequess Hunter, Dukequess Hunter. What? What? What can we know? Nothing.
1: Yeah, I mean, we really don't know anything for sure. Uh, I've tried to talk to some people about it, and uh, there's a, a range of opinions on it. And, again, I think that at this point it's just more of a a matter of opinion and a matter of, uh, of speculation more so than it is anything concrete that we have to roll with. And, and again, we'll obviously update it when it becomes available, but I, I don't have anything concrete.
3: Well, I was going to say, Steve, the practice opens for fall camp on Thursday – And if I, you know, I believe there's a media viewing session at that practice on Thursday. And so you're going to at least get some sort of answer then if he's practicing or not.
7: Right. But I'm just astounded, guys, that there's been no leaks. I mean, typically, you know, you'll find either on, you know, Bama's or other message boards uh, some leak breaks out. And they have uh, managed to somehow not let anything come out. Are you surprised by that or is it just me?
1: I mean, I think that you need to keep investigations tight-lipped. I mean, to to be able to ward off uh, the any outside influence, to ward off any change of direction there. It doesn't need to be PR. There just needs to be getting down to the bottom of it. I mean, that should be the initial goal of it. So, And then how you handle it from there, once you have all the facts, once you have all the evidence, that becomes PR, that becomes public, that, that goes into all that, but... Uh, again, you've got to figure out what happened first, and that goes for any situation, any investigation, whether it's internal, external, one player, five players, coach, family, whatever. You have to handle the, and get the facts straight first. So uh, you're not owed telling the public stuff until you complete that investigation. No,
7: I agree with everything. everything you said You know, is correct. It's just surprising that no reporters you know, have sniffed out anything, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, again, I – It wouldn't shock me if someone knew... Like, actually, they, they, they actually do know kind of what's going on, but that also doesn't mean that they're allowed to say that publicly. I mean, sometimes you have relationships with people within a, a athletic department within a situation that will privy you to some knowledge but off the record. And so maybe you can go out loud and talk about and say, oh, I, I, I kind of think this could happen or, oh, I wouldn't worry about this or, or that sort of thing. They can kind of use very generalized language – but they're not privy to giving you all the all the facts, giving you the concrete details. So uh, it wouldn't shock me if someone like that had that sort of information. But again, you, if you're if you're sworn off the record, then you, you you can't go on the record or that you burn that source. Yet yeah, that will never never come back to you.
7: Okay. And finally, did you guys have to catch the uh, sixty minute episode uh, segment with uh, Charles Barkley, Sir so Charles?
3: No, I think we missed that one.
7: Okay, Uh, because uh, the interviewer asked him, in part of it, uh, what was his view about the current state of uh, college uh, sports, be it basketball or football, and his words were he saw it as a travesty and a disgrace. We don't talk about it. You can catch it uh, on cbsnews.com. Okay. uh, That's where I saw it. But uh, but he talks about his growing up, you know, and uh, how he still has his home there. Uh, he still keeps it up, and uh, uh, how he became uh, the uh, the player that he became. Uh, in fact, he was asked by that. He said, "When he first started playing basketball uh, in uh, in college, he uh, his his point what got him through to the playing uh, was not that he enjoyed basketball that much, but he wanted to stick it to them. And the people he wanted to stick it to was his Gomez, his Spanish teacher, who he failed Spanish from." And his father, who was never supported financially otherwise, but then he said he finally decided when um, he was doing the uh, NBA game, which he spit uh, at a uh, at a fan that missed the fan and struck a, uh, a little girl there accidentally. He said he uh, that night he went to the hotel room and looked himself. He says this ain't me anymore. It can't be like this. And so that's when he started. He said changing to playing basketball because he want he, he enjoyed the game and. Uh, that's what got him off of his anger and his resentment. So that was pretty interesting. Anyway, uh, yeah, he he doesn't like the way things, the trajectory things are going uh, in college sports. Uh, Apparently he doesn't care. He says it'll come down, he says, some more than 25 teams can afford uh, to do what they're doing, and the rest of the teams uh, will either uh, just be an afterthought or uh, they will find themselves making their own maybe uh, conferences but there'll be some kind of major super conference. They'll have for the best twenty-five teams, and that'll be it. He said. What do you guys
3: think? Uh, I mean, yeah, I don't know if it's going to be again. I don't know if it gets that that uh, that extreme, but you know, uh, uh, Charles Barkley's always been a guy that's been outspoken and everything. And so, if you if you ask him a question, he's going to give you his his honest opinion on it. And so, it it he he sometimes he's got he, he makes statements that are a little bit more out there, but. You know, it, it, it's, he, he's got his, uh, his opinions.
7: A travesty and a disgrace. You know, I kind of uh, I lean towards you know, his perspective. You know, guys, I'm old school, and uh, I just uh, was never uh, that supportive of the NIL. Yeah. Do I think Hobbins is this squeaky clean? No. Um, you know, according to uh, one, one coach, he said, uh, all college sports is dirty. Right. You just got to figure out who's being dirtier and how they going to get away with it, I guess. Um, but, you know, it, it just, I mean, it's going to come down to the, the rich get richer and they're going to buy you know, the best players, and those who don't have the money are going to be sitting on the sidelines, even probably with the 12 team playoffs, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, possibly, I mean, to some degree. but Rosters I, are only th- so big. Right, rosters are only so big. There's ever more talent, and, again, there are more opportunities for playoff spots that will factor into this, too. We're about out of time, Steve, so we've got to let you go here. Okay,
7: I'm looking forward to Town's Name Tuesday, and uh, you're five on five, so I'll look forward to Mr. Ferguson as well. So until tomorrow, guys, have a safe afternoon and evening, and, uh, hey, See if you can outscore the other team tonight, please.
1: Well, we're going to certainly try to do that. Certainly try.
7: Okay. Oregon
1: you guys. you'll Steve. That is retired. Steve joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Stay tuned. Anthony from Auburn will be up to start this 4 o'clock hour, but we are out of time for hour number one. Stay tuned. Again, Anthony, if you'll hold the line for us, good sir, we will get you to start to hour number two. You're listening to the Tuesday edition of Sports Call on Tiger 95.9.
0: And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite
1: sports talk show, Sports Call. Second hour of Sports Call starting right now, Tiger 95.9. Ryan LaVoy, Brooks Childress, Tom Peavy with you here on this Tuesday afternoon. Again, coming up in about 10 or 15 minutes, we'll have Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer with us. So, with that, let's get back to the Auburn Bank phone line. 334 887 3401 locally or toll free 1 9 Tiger 9. Next up on the program, Anthony from Auburn. Anthony is with us. Anthony, how are you this afternoon?
6: I'm doing good. And you guys?
1: Doing well. I'm great.
6: You know, I didn't really plan on calling in today, but after listening to Steve's comments, I thought I'd go ahead and call on in. I really didn't want to talk about this, but uh, before I get to what I really want to get to, I want to mention this. Uh, I caught the tail end, and he was somehow he was not in favor of NIL money, and we've talked about this over and over again. But you know, uh, forty-five or fifty years ago, uh, when I was a kid, first started watching uh, football on TV or whatnot, ABC and sometimes NBC, when the Fighting Iris was playing. You only had two games out of a whole football weekend that you could possibly watch, and if you weren't a Texas, Oklahoma, Alabama or fighting Irish or, or Ohio State, for example, then uh, you weren't going to be on TV if you weren't them or either playing them. I mean, I just said it. If you got one national telefi- excuse me, televised game in a whole year, you were lucky. But teams like the Alabama may have had two or three games a year, depending on who they played most likely, and then bowl season or whatnot. But uh, at that time, nobody was making any, any big money or making a big profit off of anything. Now you have a, a, a weekend that starts, uh, I guess, if you want to say Thursday night, sometimes on the twos and wins, depending on what part of the season, you can start watching football and take it all the way into the weekend. Uh, midnight, uh, if you watch any East Coast games or whatnot, uh, going to bed uh, after midnight, 1 o'clock in the morning or, or something, after you've been up all morning watching the, 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 the shows, game shows that come on, uh, talking the games up in the morning and leading into a uh, – 10, 30, or 11 uh, a.m. kickoff and be watching football a good 12 or 13 hours. And you look at all the money is being made from TV revenue, and you look at the uh, endorsement deals uh, that schools have with whether it be Nike, Adidas, or, or, or Under Armour, all that money coming in. And then you look at all the private donations from corporations, and, and you got donors that uh, – went to school at Auburn, love Auburn, and then it got deep, deep pockets now, and they're giving money. Any kind of way you can get any kind of uh, revenue in, like I uh, called in earlier, if I'm not mistaken, earlier in the week or, or what, well, a couple of days ago, uh, or either last week, and we talked about $174 million uh, uh, growth revenue that came in and had a $22 million profit after paying bills. $22 million profit is nothing to laugh at, and every year that seems to get better and better because I, I took a look at at least five years of uh, – the past five years but remember that one the most but every year was a good year except for the COVID year um when things were down and off but uh and uh, was kind of in the red that year so to speak but other than that everything's been rolling clicking on all schools and that's just not all university that's pretty much every school uh in the major conferences they might not get that I mean, Auburn got $174 million gross. Who knows? Alabama might have got $200 and Somebody else might have got something close to that or a little bit off or, or whatnot. But that's still good gross money and good profits. And I'm sure that Auburn has a financial team that showed them how to uh, invest that profit they got. And who knows what the check's going to be once uh, Oklahoma and Texas start rolling in and, and, and they redo the uh, TV deals at some point, I'm almost assuming. And, you look at the uh, playoff expansion, that's more money. And I'm almost certain that with a 12-team playoff, there's no way you're going to hardly keep Auburn University out of a, a 12-team playoff. I-, I don't care if you don't like Auburn or whatnot. I just don't see Auburn being kept out of a 12-team playoff with that kind of expansion. So, more, like I am saying, more and more money, and uh, it's a new day now. It's time for uh, players to go ahead and get paid. And I'm going to tell you something, guys. I do believe that uh, if they get in these super conferences like we talked about yesterday or whatnot, then at some point, if you got a 20-team super conference, then uh, the, the schedule that you got playing now is no longer going to work. People are going to be greedy and want more. And I would assume uh, maybe a 14-game regular uh, season schedule is probably on the horizon at some point. It might not happen in the next five years or so, but at some point – I don't think you can hold it back now since NIL money is circulating. And I could almost uh, believe that if you go to a schedule like that, they're going to come up with some kind of pay scale or system to add in for those extra games being paid, also receiving whatever NIL NIL deals a player might get. But uh, that's what I want to say about that. And uh, I've noticed Tuberville's been up there. Uh, Somebody's got him to lobby for for them to – Make restrictions and cut back on this and that, but ain't no need to cut back anything. If any coach can make a $10 million deal and get fat as a pig off of that, then there's no reason why a player can't get what he needs to get. Because we all know that everybody that signs a scholarship uh, anybody can meet a minimum requirement. But those kids, are, I mean, if you can't write an essay or a term paper or what research paper come out of high school, then you're not going to get to college and figure out how to write one because it's not going to happen like that. And I don't want nobody to even be fooling themselves that I, I want to work um, on, anything. Practice is gonna start Thursday or Friday, what not the third or fourth or whatever it is. And the decision has not been made. And I think mean, it's gotta be agonizing for the coaching staff, and trying to plan and, and, and everything, and, and you don't know if your top running back don't be here or 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 whatnot, and, and having to uh, go through that. And I mean, it's gotta be nerve-wrecking for them. But I don't know what happened investigation maybe what's all uh, going on with it uh there's more cases of this sort of thing going on in the universe or whatnot but i guess the decision needs to be made at some point uh whether you're going to allow this guy to come back or maybe next year or just say well okay we probably don't need this kind of publicity or or this kind of dirt uh perhaps you need a fresh start somewhere else and let him go on and maybe get a fresh start because every time he's interviewed after having a a good game or whatever kind of game he has, if he can be interviewed, then that's going to be brought up every time. They're going to do it every time. This is how society is now. And then I'm going to tell you something, and what's not going to help it, Uh, I saw a former player's wife uh, had conspired to uh, have him murdered uh, down in the Bahamas or whatnot. I didn't really want to talk about that, to be honest with you, because, you know, that, that, that family has children, young children, and the family is broken now, and it probably won't ever be to be repaired after this sort of thing. Uh, but, uh, you know, and the media is also probably going to throw that in when they interview this guy. They, I mean, they're going to do it because it, it's out there. And then you look at Hugh Freeze's telephone calls when he was at Ole Miss, that's going to probably come up too. So I think, to be honest with you, it might be best just let him get a fresh start somewhere else and just look for you know, some more running backs uh, to get through this season. And start looking towards the future because what I've seen them flipping these players. I mean, ain't nothing concrete yet because nobody signed, but these guys, I uh, feel like they at home here and, and had a good vibe or feel here. So it's like a Pat down moment when he came in and, you know, and got a piece of the puzzle here when he got Bo Jackson and people like the Tommy Age and some of those big offensive linemen and what Auburn already had and have them believe in and, and start winning. And the people believed in him and saw that he could win. And then more and more players start coming out of the pipeline, coming out of Georgia, Florida, or wherever you could get them. And that turned the whole thing. And look looked like uh, right now getting these five stars and flipping them, <laughs> it could be headed that way. You know, I don't think Auburn's had these many commitments from five stars in several years. I mean, you think about it. It's been some years Auburn didn't uh, sign the 25 scholarships, ended up signing 13 or 18 and and was looking for somebody to come in somewhere else, and it didn't happen. I mean, it Malzon and Harson and, and everything. Uh, so uh, we'll see. But that might be the best. What do you guys' thoughts? I'd like to know.
1: Yeah, I mean, again, a lot to get there, too. I, I assume first you want him on, on Jarquez Hunter. I think that we we first got to see what actually happened and what the investigation yields. If he ends up being cleared, and there's no suspension or anything like that, then yes, there will be a questions initially, but I do think those would fade over time. So I, we got to see the results of this first before we start to go, well, he might need to end up somewhere else or the situation's tough or that sort of thing. We just got to learn more. And again, unfortunately we just don't know a lot. Maybe some people deep down in the athletics organization know, but I mean, again, nothing's, nothing's public right now. Um, Again, on the uh, the NIL part, again, you know, I, I certainly agree that now that we've got NIL, we're going to have a lot of players making a lot of money. That's perfectly okay with me. Uh, I just want some transparency to it. You know, there's a again a lot of coaches unhappy about it, a lot, and not necessarily about the players getting something. It's more about having players stolen from their teams and tampering and and that sort of thing. That's what they're truly unhappy about because they're doing it themselves But uh, in in terms of recruiting (laughs) and and using NIL. But again, you don't want a system where we're just starting to offer players on other roster stuff to come on over and that sort of thing. So I still want some sort of guidance on it. I still want some transparency on it, but I'm fine with people making, making solid figures and that sort of thing for the value that they contribute onto there. So you know again to to summarize again i think with again with the Jarquez hunter situation we got to let the actual investigation conclude before we really know what we're dealing with in totality there and again with nil i'm not opposed to it uh, i just i, I understand coaches frustration with the lack of 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 guidance the the different rules in different states and that sort of thing
6: well you know uh, that's a whole lot to think about but you know uh hey, you know, it's just what it is. You just have to put forth more money than the next person, and it's always going to be like that. Whoever got the most money is pretty much going to be in charge of everything. But I guess these coaches have to think of creative ways to get these players to your schools. But, you know, if you got somebody that's a diehard Auburn, he's going to Auburn, I don't care how much money uh, Alabama or anybody else offer. Hey, that's what he wants to do. Uh, then the money is not going to uh, sway him. But uh, I can understand some schools not having the financial resources to compete, and that's just what it is because, I mean, you know uh, – before it got like this, where you could uh, legally do these deals. I mean, you got Alabama and these people, They, I mean, what are they selling? Uh, well, I guess he can tell you, well, you win a national championship, I can get your first round or whatnot. Then you got some other schools that uh, might find a player like a Greg Carr or whatnot. Uh, I can say you engineering over here. That we got the best one of the best engineering schools in the country. Everybody's got something to offer on some level. So sure. we'll see as as time goes how this thing works out. But I would say uh, – Go to your boosters, whoever your top boosters are. Hey, tell them we got to have a little bit more in this budget here, and we got to think of some ways to get some revenue in here. But everybody seemed to be getting plenty of money, especially with all this TV revenue. So I guess you know if if you're powerhouse sci and conference, you're gonna get the best Big Ten. You're gonna get it, and uh, you know when you look at everybody else, uh, Sun Belt, and all these other people, well, you're just gonna to get to what you've been getting all the time, regardless.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, again, I I think that obviously. Uh, the money part drives all, and uh, we know that at the Weird. player a, a talent level. We know that with the TV deals. We've talked a lot about it with the, the Pat 12 That would be the reason, as you uh, alluded to, with if you add more regular season games at some point, you add any games. I mean, that's still part of the money part of it. So, uh, again, the money part of it will – dictate how most of this plays out and again why, why a lot of decisions are made but anthony we got to let you go here because we got a, hey, a I guest coming up yes sir that is uh, anthony from auburn joining us on the auburn bank phone line we got to take our next time out and that is because justin ferguson of the auburn observer will join us right after this you're listening to the tuesday edition of sports call on tiger 95.9
0: to call into the show send us your thoughts via email you've got mail sports call at thetiger.fm we're done paying the bills now back to sports call on tiger 95.9
1: Welcome back to sports call Tiger 95.9, the Tiger. FM and the Tiger communications app, Ryan LaVoy, Tom P. V. Brooks Childress with you here on this beautiful Tuesday afternoon. We are now pleased to go back to our Auburn bank phone line and welcome in Justin Ferguson of the Auburn observer. Justin, as always, the time is greatly appreciated. It's been a little bit of time. How's your, uh, how's the rest of your summer been? And again, uh, it's getting close to football season, my friend.
4: Yeah, no, it's, it's been good. Um, you know, Thursday we get rolling with, with with fall camp and it's just the right time. I've kind of exhausted all my resources in the off season. Let's get some actual stuff to talk
1: about. Absolutely. And so, Justin, let's uh, let's go back so that we can go forward before we get to recruiting and uh, get to fall practice. Let's talk a little bit about media days uh, from your point of view. How uh, how was your SEC media days? And then how uh, what what you think of the comments from Hugh Freeze and then all the Auburn football players?
4: Yeah, I thought thought it was a good time in media days for Auburn where where they focused really on the big picture. And I think that's important, especially in light of you know, the week that Auburn just had in recruiting. You know, you don't want to come in there and, and make it all about kind of this season because I think realistically this season for Auburn, you're probably not going to expect them to compete for a championship. This is a tone-setting type of year. And when you hear guys like Elijah McAllister and Luke Thiel and Cam Studs talking about kind of building a foundation and getting Auburn back to – to where they want to be, um, you know, they, these are guys that are seniors. These are guys that probably aren't going to be able to, you know, reap the, the benefits of all the benefits of their work that they put in this year. And I think both you Freeze and the players did a really good job, of, like keeping the focus on, Hey, we've got a lot of work to do. Um, you know, we're pleased with what we've done so far, but you know, we got a long way to go before you, uh, you know, get to the spot where you feel like you're competing uh, on a on high level with the Alabamas and Georgias of the world. And so I thought, Keeping that focus kind of the priority was pretty good, and it uh, it flowed right uh, pretty well into, uh, you know, recruiting and kind of the, the run Auburn's been on here recently.
3: Yeah, I want to talk about that run, Justin. What were your thoughts uh, on this Auburn football recruiting coming out of Big Cat Weekend?
4: It's huge. I mean, you know, I, I thought Auburn was going to be a team that was going to be able to make some noise on the recruiting trail this year, but this much noise this quickly
2: it has been
4: surprising um, because thought there was going to be a case of, you know, players are going to want to be kind of waiting to see with Auburn. Um, but, you know, the reality is earlier and earlier each year, it seems like guys are wanting to make their decisions. Um, a lot of these kids are announcing and making their calls, you know, before um, the, you know, their, their senior season of football start. And uh, so, you know, you really can't afford to wait around if you're a team like Auburn. A lot of, a lot of the work you do in recruiting happens in the summer. Uh, and before then. So uh, the fact that they were able to flip, you know, DeMarcus Riddick and Perry Thompson in the same week from Alabama, from Georgia, also getting Michael Simpson from right down the road to Benjamin russell, uh, it's it's huge because I think this Auburn class has got a ton of quality. you know top five in average recruit ranking right or ranking right now. They just got to get the quantity uh, to match it. Um, but these are, Big time, you know, you know, playmakers that that Auburn really needs on both sides of the ball, and that's what's going to help get them closer long term to the Alabamas and Georgias of the world. So, um, yeah, phenomenal week. Uh, a lot of credit goes to this staff for being able to, you know, you know, put together, um, you know, these these flips. Before they even cut a down of organized football this year, like that is that is pretty impressive. Mm-hmm.
2: Wait, after those after that recruiting weekend, and I mean you you go around you look at all the message board banter on the Georgia side and the Bama side, and of course it's like all vitriol toward the Barnes cheating Paul, as everybody likes to say. I, I mean, just that alone, how much does that show how much of a shot across the bow to those two programs that uh, this recruiting weekend was?
4: Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think I think Alabama and Georgia fans both had gotten used to. Auburn being you know not a not a contender uh, on the recruiting trail i mean it's it's been a few years since Auburn's been able to kind of really make these kind of strides um this quickly and I think they were getting used to and really enjoying uh, an auburn recruit recruiting uh, you know recruiting landscape uh recruiting operation i should say that uh that wasn't you know firing at full capacity what 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 Auburn's capable of. I do find it funny that you know there's a lot of you know a lot of Alabama and Georgia fans just thinking it's the end of the world when it's like you know no y'all still will sign the number one and number two classes in the country, like you'll be fine, don't worry, don't worry about it, but the fact that Auburn is getting players that they really want um I think is a is a sign that you know we, they're gonna try to catch up with them and and we know that Auburn historically is not going to recruit like an Alabama or a Georgia you know pull in top five classes every single year, uh, but we do know. That if Auburn's you know recruiting around a top ten level and gets really good quarterback play, uh, they're capable of winning championships. And, and Auburn's trying to get closer to being that uh, for the first time in a while.
2: Yep, yeah. and, and it looks like uh, just from everything that kind of all the tea leaves that uh, they're not done yet. And uh, I'm just kind of curious on your thoughts on who might who might be that next domino to fall. Could it could it be KJ uh, this weekend? Could it be DeAndre Carter? What, what are your thoughts on that next domino?
4: Yeah, I think K.J. Bolden would be a huge one to, to, to get. You know, he's obviously making his commitment on Saturday. Um, you know, I'll be – I'll say this. I wasn't surprised when Auburn flipped to Marcus Riddick or flipped Perry Thompson. That's where things had kind of been trending for a while. Right. K.J. Bolden, that's a, lot more, that's a lot tougher battle. Florida State's done a great job with him. Georgia and Ohio State definitely can't be counted out. Uh, but Auburn is – I think Auburn's done everything it could to put themselves in a position to get a chance at K.J. Bolden. And honestly – you already have two five-stars in this class. Getting a third, I mean, like, just being in the conversation, I think it's huge enough for all of them because they were, you know, they weren't even in his top 10 or 12 or whatever it was, early, you know, last year. Um, just shows you how, how quickly this, this has come. I do think the more likely one of those guys to pop, though, would be DeAndre Carter. The, the problem is we don't know when DeAndre Carter is going to make his decision. Um, you know, the big offensive lineman from California. I think he's going to end up in Auburn's class. That's where it kind of feels like. it's heading. It's just going to be a matter of when he decides. And you know, what kind of timing there. He doesn't have a commitment date set like a KJ Bolton does. Um so it'll be interesting to see kind of where he goes. But I, I did think that Bolton, that Car uh, Carter had a really good chance at you know, Auburn had a really good chance of getting him. You know, sometime soon, and Big Cat seemed to reinforce that.
1: Talking to Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer today on Sports Call, Justin, let's turn our attention to fall practice coming up, starting with Thursday. So, how is uh, how's fall practice going to be run, Ferg? What do we know about the practice schedule, scrimmage schedule, all that good stuff?
4: Well, it's going to be in the morning. Um, that's a that's a good sign. Um, it, it's way too hot to be trying to practice like right now. I can't imagine trying to do that right now. So a little different. They're doing them in the mornings this year uh, for for fall camp. For most of the most of the practices are starting you know early, like before nine o'clock, before nine thirty. Um, so that I think will be a nice adjustment. Um, they'll be able to get a lot of good work in, you know, while also keeping guys as safe as you possibly can at this time of year. Um, they will have a couple of spring scrimmages, or I'm sorry, fall scrimmages um, coming up. Uh, the I think it would be not this upcoming Saturday, but the next two Saturdays. Uh, will be scrimmage times, and those will be crucial for so many position battles, especially the quarterback situation. Um, but, uh, you know, they've got plenty of time. It seems like a pretty good spaced out schedule um, for those of us who get to cover this. A uh, good bit of access, whether, you know, it's, it's viewing windows or interview opportunities. So, it should be a great fall camp. Uh, definitely looking forward to it. Um, you know, and the schedule is, is shaping up to be a pretty
1: nice one. And as you alluded to, Justin, I mean, again, a lot of position battles, a lot of new faces. We've obviously spent buku amount of times on quarterback, and I know that that will continue to be a focus in the fall. But, I mean, what are some of those other important position battles and and things that we need to be keeping an eye on uh, as we enter fall practice?
4: Yeah, who steps up an outside receiver? Um, You know, you you feel pretty good about Javarius Johnson, you know, being one of your key guys this season, uh, you know, and mostly in the slot. Outside guys, Shane Hook uh, coming in, Jair Shorter coming in, Camden Brown being fully healthy. You know, some of these other guys on Auburn's roster are like, who separates themselves? Coy Moore is back as well. Like, who separates themselves in this in this group? Because Auburn needs playmakers. And they went out in the portal and got several more after spring practices. And I think that's, that kind of tells you where they feel um, like they needed it right now. So. That'll be a big one. Offensive line, the two guard spots, I think he'll still be up for grabs. Jeremiah Wright, if he's healthy, I think he has a really good chance to start. Um, that other spot feels more up in the air. Got Cam Stutz, who obviously have seen went to media days. Uh, Tate Johnson, who, when he was healthy, had a really good spring. Uh, Connor Liu came out of nowhere uh, as a true freshman and was getting some reps there. I think he's going to play some this year, even if he doesn't start, which is rare for a true freshman. And then, of course, they get uh, Jade Muskrat, the transfer from Tulsa. Uh, who was a tackle last season for the Golden Hurricane, but he's probably going to start off at guard and have a chance to, you know, compete for that job um, here in the spring. So that's a big one. Uh, you know, other position battles. I mean, how they shake out the defensive front will be interesting. I think it's going to be kind of like a, a good rotation, deeper rotation. So who starts might necessarily be as important as who you know makes the cut in the two deep and stuff like that. But Defensive line got some new faces there. Jack linebacker Jalen McLeod comes in, um, you know, try to give them a different kind of look with that group that just needs a lot. Larry Nixon uh, joins a linebacker group that that made some good strides in the um, in, in, in in spring practices, and then you know just kind of that next wave in the secondary. The secondary brings back a lot of experience, um, a lot of uh, you know a lot of key starters. Um, I'm I'm really interested to see uh, how that two deep unfolds. Um, Kay and Lee, JD Ram at corner, uh, a ton of freshmen at, at cornerback. Safety, who's going to step up at safety and at that nickel, that star position uh, behind the, the non commodities back there because uh, Auburn's going to be turning those guys loose starting in 2024 because um, there's so many seniors in that group. So, how they find and develop that next way is going to be very interesting to me in the secondary.
3: And then Justin, you know, we, we talk about spring practice or fall practice opening this week. You got the first press conference of the of the fall coming up on Thursday. What is the biggest question that you are looking forward to hearing from Hugh Freeze on that in that opening presser?
4: Uh, the status of Jarco is Hunter, if they can give it. Um, I think that's obviously the biggest storyline that's not involving the quarterbacks coming in spring practice, or coming in fall camp. Um, you know, we'll see. You know, they have deferred to the university. Um, I feel like some sort of clarity needs to be given or is going to be given here shortly. Um, You know, and I say that in the next couple of days, whether Hunter's going to be out there for fall camp, whether he's not, whether he's going to be able to play this season, whether he's not, I think everyone's kind of working under the expectation that he will play this year. So it's going to be a matter of how much and when he'll be able to go. And so that could be as early. We could find that out as early as Thursday. So that is obviously the big, the big question, that I think is on the front of everybody's minds right
1: now. Absolutely. I know we've had our calls about it, and uh, I guess some of it could be answered either verbally or uh, if we actually see him practicing uh, on Thursday. That would be a part of it. Well, Justin, we'll let you out of here with this. We'll change the topic real quickly. Trade deadline going on right now. Braves had a a couple acquisitions here in recent days. Anything else you want to see here in the last half hour?
4: Yeah, it would have been fun to see them go after another starter. I know they don't have a ton of assets to flip, um, this hasn't been a crazy trade deadline outside of the Mets selling, which is hilarious and I love it. Um, but you know, it's you know I would have loved to probably strengthen that, that rotation a little bit more. But hey, if Max comes back, um, you know from from this injury, while well, if they can get Kyle right back at some point this year, um, you feel pretty good about Elder and, and Morton and then just figure out what you do. From there, I do like the bullpen pickups the Braves have gotten. I do like the fact that they got Nicky Lopez, who will actually give them a left-handed bat off the bench, and an infielder who can pretty much play anywhere. Very good fielder. Uh, one of the best, you know, just pure fielders in the game. Um, I love that addition for a guy that you money, like for cash, that you pitched one game and said, nope, don't need him. Um, you know, so that, that was a really good move. Um you know and so I'm looking forward to seeing Lopez like be maybe a late inning guy for him or a pinch hitter who can do some things. Not not the greatest hitter in the world, but I love his defense, um, and, and he can run. So, yeah, it, it's been a good deadline. Like, if I was in the if I was in the GM chair, I would have probably tried to see if you can make a splash and get you know one more starter, uh, starting pitcher. But I, I get, I get why you, you can stamp out you're the best team in baseball and you've been able to far. Um, and you know, you don't want to. You don't want to leverage your future too too much. Um, also, knowing that you know, if you're the Braves, uh, there's going to be some free agents and some trade pieces the, these next couple of years that they're going to be they're going to be in position to go after and get and get. So, uh, you know, I get I get why they decided to stay. Pat. So far, we'll see.
1: Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer with us today on Sports Call. Justin as always the times greatly appreciated. What can our listeners and the readers look forward to at the Auburn Observer over the next couple of days and weeks?
4: Yeah, you can uh, check out. Uh, um, We're actually going to be running a special deal, a discount throughout fall camp that starts tomorrow. So if you've been waiting to pull the trigger on a subscription, I will tell you tomorrow will be the day um, you will want to check out the site because uh, we'll be running that running that sale all for the next month. Um, so everything we do gets sent to your email inbox. Um, going to be at practice on Thursday and Friday. Going to have observations from practice. Those are going to go up as soon as I get them done after practice. So those will be in your inboxes. So if you're wondering Thursday or Friday, hey, what, what went on at practice? Um, as soon as you know I get it all written, it's going to go into people's inboxes. So uh, you can have that there uh, podcast as well. A lot of stuff leading up to the season, but you know, a lot of good, a lot of good access, a lot of good interview and, and media opportunities here in fall camp. Judging by the schedule, and we're going to be able to take full advantage of it auburnobserver.com check it out
1: justin as always the time is greatly appreciated we look forward to seeing you out there on thursday
4: absolutely i'll try to stay
1: cool oh we will try appreciate it justin that is justin ferguson of the auburn observer joining us today on sports call we appreciate justin for uh giving us some time to chat all things auburn football and even a little braves there at the end we need to take our next time out back with more sports call right after this
0: crew wants to hear from you give us a phone call at 334-887-3401
6: i'm jeff Woodaker jr former auburn tigers defensive tackle and national champion and you are listening to sports call on tiger 95.9
1: Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm and the Tiger Communications app. Ryan Lilley, Brooks Childress, Tom Peavy with you here on this Tuesday afternoon. Appreciate Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer for joining us on the other side of that break. If you missed it, go back and check out the Sports Call podcast brought to you by Coca-Cola. If you ever miss Sports Call Live, if you want to hear something again, make sure you go back and listen to our show on demand wherever you get your podcasts. Join Ice Cold Coca-Cola to go along with the hottest sports talk, Coca-Cola taste the feeling couple things i want to get to can't spend gobs of time on them but a couple things want to get to before we get to the five o'clock hour we have a town named tuesday we have a uh, sports call five at five for the first time in a long time want to hit on two things want to hit on the trade deadline and want to hit on the pack 12 we'll start trade deadline i think this will take a little less time So uh, Braves made a move for relief pitcher Brad Hand today. You heard that uh, referenced by Justin Ferguson there. Braves have made a couple of smaller moves. Again, nothing that is earth-shattering, but you heard the Nicky Lopez bit. That was a couple days ago. And then Brad Hand, who used to be a closer for the Marlins, not having his best year in Colorado. Most pitchers don't, but just last year in Philadelphia, he had a 280 Earned run average. So, uh, again, a guy with closing experience, not that you necessarily need that because of the uh, acumen of Rostell Glacius, but, I mean, he closed games for uh, San Diego, closed games for Cleveland, even, I believe, a little while for Washington in 2021. He's had plenty of seasons with ERAs below three. And, again, I mentioned that Colorado year last year – or, excuse me, the Philadelphia year last year, he had a, a 2.80, but in 2021 a 3.38. Uh, in 2020 at 2.05, 19 at 3.30, 18 at 2.75. I mean, again, a lot of quality years. So this year at 4.54 is a bit of an outlier, but also, again, pitching Colorado, this is the second reliever that Atlanta has acquired uh, from Colorado. As they also got Pierce Johnson. So lefty reliever that, again, at one point, saw as one of the better relief pitchers in the league. This is a three-time All-Star, too. This is not some some small little acquisition, I think, compared to the the other guys they got in the bullpen. So, again, only about 20 minutes left in trade deadline. We can hit on the Braves. If you also want to go to uh, the Justin Verlander, Max Scherzer trades, Scherzer to Texas, Verlander today back to Houston. I saw a stat on MLB Network. Last eight or nine starts, a sub-two ERA. So after a rough start, I called him old. I said he was declining. He then, of course, heard me, as all the baseball players do, I have this, in, uh, this unbelievable ability to get anyone into a hot streak, and so congrats to Justin Verlander. He's on a hot streak now in uh, going back to Houston. So a little surprising to see the Mets sell a little bit. There's been some other starters and stuff, but again, uh, that's kind of the main stuff right there, some other hitters being acquired. Eduardo Rodriguez said uh, no to a trade to the Dodgers, had a no trade clause, wouldn't waive it. That's got to be kind of rare. Again, what do you all take from uh, from everything we've heard with the Braves and the rest of the MOE trading trading deadline?
2: So the my my thing with the Braves is that what they've done makes more sense than some blockbuster for a Shohei Otani for a, a, a Verlander Juan Soto uh, Juan yeah. Soto you know somebody that is a big name. I I think the Braves yeah the Braves need some help in their pitching rotation. They need some bullpen help. They but you can find some of that in some smaller down down the level type guys and you're not going to break up what you have going for you right now and i think that's one of the big things that Anthopolis is looking at is is what they currently have on the field mainly on the field and what teams would request a piece of that pie of they're not really wanting to give that up and and even the players that you know, obviously, the Braves are not going to get rid of Acuna. They're not going to get rid of Albies. Um, they're not going to get rid of Murphy or Olsen. You know, they're not going to get rid of Riley. Uh, you, if you start looking at maybe some of those other positions, like could they potentially get that? Even those guys, the Braves are not willing to give them up because they are so productive with the Braves. They're so productive with the way that season is going right now that they're not going to disrupt that. So, yeah, you're not getting these big marquee-type names coming into Atlanta, and that's fine because you're going to, if you do that, then you have to take that chance of disrupting a good thing that you got going right now. Could you use the Verlander arm? Absolutely. lutely you could use Verlander's arm in, the, in that rotation right now. But what do you lose if you bring him in? I mean, is Verlander that important that, you, that, that you break up what you have going right now to just bring in Verlander? It took for reference
1: the number one prospect the Astros had, which was a top 100 prospect in Major League Baseball, and the number four prospect the Astros have, which, by the way, that number one prospect that was ranked in top 100 of the Braves, to my knowledge, still do not have any top 100 prospects. Right. So, again, they literally did not have a prospect as good as what Houston had. To well, exactly.
2: And, and that's the thing. and that We talked about it yesterday, and, and that's one of the things they discuss is that the Braves' farm system is, is down so bad right now because they have brought so many up that to get a guy like Verlander, they're, they're not going to take some of those Braves prospects. They're going to want somebody that is currently on that roster and most likely somebody is one of the all-stars of that group that, that just made the all-star game. And I just don't think the Braves feel like that's worth it. Uh, and I agree. Uh, you can find arms to help you in the bullpen, and you know you guys are going to be getting healthy and coming back. So, you, yeah, I mean, when you've got a good thing going, you just don't want to mess that up just for the sake of, hey, well, we got Verlander. Well, congratulations. Well, now what's going to happen with your lineup? Because you just screwed yourself with that. So, I, I I, think the Braves are doing the right thing there.
3: Yeah, I, I you know, you, you really. Once it got started getting closer and closer to the deadline, it still it felt like the Braves weren't going to go out and get that you know uh, the that blockbuster player like a Shohei Otani or somebody, um, and it, it even felt like it was it was an outside chance they were going to be deep into the sweepstakes for a Verlander type or a big starting pitcher. Because you saw and a lot of reporting that came out in the last couple of days with Max Fried on the way back, with Kyle Wright on the mend coming back, you're you're fairly confident with your starting pitching uh, for the Braves. Uh, and what the biggest thing is, you know, like you said, Ryan, uh, I think it was a couple weeks ago, you wanted to add some speed on the base pass. So they did that with Nicky Lopez over the weekend. And then – you wanted to add and I think we all kind of said this, wanted to add bullpen help, uh, because of the just the vast amounts of uh guys getting hurt in the bullpen. Um and we saw them add some bullpen help last week. We we then saw them turn around and uh use one of that bullpen help that they added last week to get Nicky Lopez uh from from the the Royals. And then you went and added hand today. And so I, I think it's a good moves. Um there's still You know, there's still 15 minutes left to go. And, of course, you know, 15 minutes, there could be more deals that get announced right, you know, just like a few minutes after the deadline because they they got them in uh, and it just wasn't processed right. You know, they they processed them right before the deadline started or ended. And so the Braves are still, I, I saw up there, the Cardinals are still in the potentially moving uh, Jack Flaherty and the uh, saw the the Dodgers and the Braves are both teams that could be destinations for that. See, the Braves may not be fully done with this trade deadline, but I, I think that the, the approach that Anthopolis has taken is, like you guys have said, there's not anybody out there that you were willing to give up any key players of your on in your lineup uh, for and – that's what it would have taken to get some of these top guys. And so if you, you know, they've make some, made some deals where they have not able to, you know, we're not having to give up anything huge and mess up with, with the chemistry they've got going on because, you know, everybody, you, you look at it, everybody's complaining these last couple weeks after the trip, after the, uh, after the all-star break about what the Braves are doing it Braves are still 8 games up for the for the one seed right now in the in in the National League um they they're still 11 games ahead of the the Phillies in the East they're still in a really good spot they it it's you know you get freed back you get Kyle Wright back uh you you kind of settle into that starting that starting rotation again uh the Braves should be fine the, the Braves yeah. you know it's it's not like it it's not like they're the Angels or somebody that, that that is or the Rangers that are having to go out and arm up here for for this run and try to you know add some some big pieces they added some big pieces last two years in free agency with Matt Olson and Sean Murphy um, and, and you, you've got you know you sign guys like an Acuna and an Albies and Riley to to lengthy deals uh, and then uh, Travis Darno here recently to to lengthy deals where you you've got this core set and as Justin Ferguson brought up uh just a little bit ago there in the offseason there's free agents to be had and so that you can go out and sign people and you don't have to give up people for and there's gonna be some big names in the in on free agency this offseason so it's good you know they're they're good moves that alex Anthopoulos has made to to help with uh the core help the core right now but there's there's not a big move that you you looked at it's like oh the brits have to do this they have to do this
1: yeah i think that's uh Again, to summarize all of us, I think that when you're 11 games up in the division, you're 8 up for the NL, you're clearly the best team. Now, again, October comes, baseball, it's very sudden. You play 162 and you would be eliminated in 3 out of 5, I mean 4 out of 7. So, again, best team does not always win. We've seen that uh, play out time and time again. But the Braves are the best team in the National League. They're the best team in baseball, to be quite honest with you. And that is with Freed and Kyle Wright missing essentially the whole season. So their bet is yeah, I think we think they'll come back. We think they'll make us better. Those will be our trade deadline acquisitions. Even if they don't, doesn't disqualify us. We're probably still the favorite. It's just not right. by, by as wide of a margin. Uh, and so, again, that's why the Braves need to let this simmer for a year or two. They honestly need. I, I actually. I'll even go say this. This is going to sound weird. I'll be mad if they make a big trade in the next 15 minutes. You know why? Because they don't need to do it this year. They've got a lot of of great players signed for a long period of time. They need to build up the organization again so that when this gets stale, because inevitably, even with this great team, there's going to be a year where they need a jump start at the trade deadline. There's going to be a year where they need a kick in the pants. When that day comes, then they will have the prospects to really give you a big boost. So I don't want them to make a big trade. I think these small, uh, these small trades with the likes of Brad Hand, that sort of thing, Nikki Lopez. That's the prudent way of going because. That they're being chased. They're not chasing anybody else. That AL West conundrum, that's a real thing. Like, like, And that is kind of funny, by the way. The two Met stars end up on uh, opposing AL West teams that are going to be competing to a, a division race at the very end with, with Houston and Texas. Uh, and so uh, Houston notably in the state of Texas, but of course two different organizations here. Uh, that will be a race. That's where you need it to arm up, even if you are the leader uh, right there because Houston is right behind you. Uh, We're about to transit real quickly, Brooks. I was going to say the Mets fire sale continues. Tommy Pham's going to the the D-backs. Gotcha. Uh, So, all right, just a couple minutes left in the hour. Uh, Not a lot of time to move on here. I do want to mention this, the the latest Pac-12 update. Um, Pac-12 met with teams earlier today. We talked about that a little bit yesterday. We said that was going to happen. So here are the results of that. Shocker, they're not great for the Pac-12. Um, essentially, it is appearing, according to ESPN's Pete Hamill, that the deal is primarily an Apple streaming deal with some sort of, of slight relationship with ESPN, potentially Fox, as in terms of maybe there would be something to be put on to those networks too in a secondary aspect, but a the primary would be Apple. Kind of like how the ACC is going to give a few to Raycom and, and to the CW as like a side, a side to the deal, but the main stuff is still t- sticking with ESPN. Well, the main stuff would be on Apple. Uh, there was pitched by, it appears, unless they Stuart Mandel on, on Twitter missaid this, former Pac-12 commissioner Larry Scott, was to actually pitch this to the teams, which I find in itself more funny than maybe you do on first brush because what that's saying is, yeah, I know our current commissioner, Klavikov did just a incredibly terrible job. So I'm here. I'm going to do damage control. I'm going to try and calm everyone down for the mess that Klavikov's made. So I find that to be uh, funny if that is true, that, that Larry Scott was, was presenting all that to the teams. But the feeling leaving that meeting, there was no vote. Uh, to to accept and to bind everyone in. The Arizona Board of Regents, I don't want to get the terminology wrong, but the Arizona Board, who controls, by the way, both Arizona and Arizona State, and that is important, because we've been talking about Arizona leaving for the Big 12. Those two will probably actually stay together unless there's a vote to separate amongst themselves, but that's controlled by the same group. And so they've met today, other teams are meeting today, other universities are meeting to talk about what has actually been a very underwhelming uh, offer from the pac Well, basically kind of formatting it as low projections, medium projections, and high projections based off of how many people actually sign up to this su- subscription package to Apple. To which Brandon Marcello, our friend, polled, which now has not a lot of votes to be fair 5,000 it's not like it's a huge sampling would you purchase apple plus an additional subscription package for pack 12 so you can watch pac 12 football and basketball games 91 percent have said no five percent yes four percent maybe how about new is what the overwhelming sentiment is we will have more on this fortunately we are out of time in this hour again town name tuesday and a sports call five at five coming up but wanted to give you an update we'll talk more about it tomorrow but again the pac-12 their main premise is an apple tv subscription plan for the pac-12 for its top products it was not well received and uh the it goes on the drama goes on with the pacific 12 conference and with potential teams wanting to leave it and their tv deal we are out of time for hour number two. As mentioned, a Sports Call 5 at 5 segment returns at the top of the hour. And just after that, a Town named Tuesday. You're listening to the Tuesday edition of Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Third and final hour of sports call starting right now. Tiger 95.9, the Tiger NFM, and the Tiger Communications app. My name is Ryan LeBoy. I've got Tom Peavy and Brooks Childress with me here in this 5 o'clock hour. And uh, a lot to do in this 5 o'clock hour. Also going to welcome Brent Dontry into the studio here in just a moment. But uh, we're going to return an old familiar Segment now to start the 5 o'clock hour. It's time for a sports call 5 at 5, and this is brought to you by Southeastern Land Group. John Harden and Brian Watts are your local land advisors with Southeastern Land Group. Land is always a sound financial investment, but it's also an investment in time with your family and friends. And Brian and John can help you find the per- perfect property for you. If you're looking to sell your land and get maximum exposure to potential buyers, your friends at Southeastern Land Group can also help you with that, too. Call John Harden at 334-524-2756 or Brian Watts at 334 707 Four two seven three, or find them at selandgroup.com. So our Sports Call 5 at 5, presented by Southeastern Land Group, starts with... Number one. Uh, Number one is going to be Perry Thompson, as we do the top five highest-rated recruits that Auburn has so far this recruiting cycle for the 2024 class of course we've been talking a lot of recruiting so this top five deals with the top five auburn recruits and number one is perry thompson the number 29 rated player nationally uh the number eight wide receiver again we go on on three industry recruiting rankings perry thompson out of foley high school high school foley alabama i uh, forgot to rib uh rib brooks As foley is uh, not a school that robert still uh, is usually a big fan of. But uh, you'll be a big fan of Perry Thompson this year, uh, right? Uh this, Maybe?
3: this football season?
1: Yeah. I, I will ex- want him do well? I will root for him to not get injured for the Foley Lions. <sighs> right. I will
3: not root for the success of his football team. Not a
1: ringing endorsement. Uh, <laughs> for 2024, all in. Absolutely. All in. So Perry Thompson is number one. Number two. Number two in the sports call five at five presented by Southeastern Land Group is Demarcus Riddick. He was flipped from Georgia to Auburn last week, about this time last week, last Wednesday. The 6'2", 220 linebacker out of Chilton County High School in Clanton, Number 31 player overall in the class, also a five-star, and the number three linebacker overall. So two five-star commitments, one flipping from Alabama, one flipping from Georgia.
2: Yeah, big-time big position right there to, to get uh, highest-rated. Uh, at the time when he committed, highest-rated uh, linebacker since Owen Papo. Yeah, well, highest so, well, he's uh, still, yeah. player since Owen well, yeah, highest Papo. Well, highest-rated yeah. player since Owen Papo, but big-time get right there for Auburn. Number
1: three. Number three is
2: also a linebacker
1: in the form of Joseph Phillips. Joe Phillips out of Tuskegee, Alabama. Booker T. Washington High School, the number 119 player overall in the class. Top 100 if you go on on three is just normal site, but 119 on the industry ranking. The number nine linebacker in the 2023 class. So, again, two top ten linebackers in the class. DeMarcus Riddick, number three and Joe Phillips, number
2: nine. And with Joe Phillips, it was not a flip from Georgia. However, he made it very well known that he was very close to committing to Georgia, uh, maybe just days away from committing to Georgia before Auburn really put the full court press on him and impressed him enough to where he was ready to commit to Auburn.
1: So, again, a wide receiver, two linebackers make up the top three. Next up, number four. Number four in our sports call, five at five, presented by Southeastern Land Group. Walker White, the quarterback out of Little Rock Christian Academy in Little Rock, Arkansas. The number nine quarterback in the class. We'll so get another top ten at his position. All four of these first four guys, check that box. The number 137 player overall, as high as number 100. If you go by the 247 metric, he is a four-star on all four sites, Walker White has been committed to Auburn though for quite some time, uh, going back to February of this year. So again, one of the first real gets for uh, Hugh Freeze was Walker White very early in the cycle.
2: D- don't know how he is going to translate to on the field play, but right now has been has been one of the most valuable recruiters for for Auburn. I mean, his social media presence and just his present in his presence in the recruiting game for Auburn. It has been remarkable. I mean, he's been a huge reason why Auburn has had so much success, and that that they have.
1: Absolutely, he's been. You'll, you'll love when players. Uh, th- that to me almost. Uh, I don't want to get too far off track, but that to me almost is the proof of someone that's like hard committed. Truly Auburn. When we when we when we think about, oh, this guy might still end up flipping again or that sort of thing. When they're actively recruiting others to the school, that's like that commitment within the commitment to where you feel a little bit more solid about it. We've definitely felt solid about Walker white for quite some time. And last up in the sports Golf five at five presented by Southeastern land group. Number five is Jalen Crawford, the four star corner out of Parkview high school, Littleburn, Georgia, the number 193 player in the class, the number 22 corner for 2023 Crawford, Uh, committed to Auburn earlier this month. Man, it felt like a long time ago. It was really just about two or three weeks ago that Crawford committed to the Tigers. So of those top five guys, again, three of the five uh, have been in the last couple weeks, with Joe Phillips being in in the month of June. So, again, four of those five in the last month and a half, it's been uh, a pretty significant last six weeks or so for Auburn recruiting. and Jalen Crawford, that fifth-ranked or fifth-highest-ranked player for Auburn Of course they do have A couple other four stars But again For the sports call Five at five Presented by Southeastern Land Group with The five highest ranked Recruits that Auburn Has landed so far For the 2024 class Perry Thompson Demarcus Riddick Joseph Phillips Walker White And Jalen Crawford We're going to go ahead And take our first time out Of the five o'clock hour When we come back At Town Name Tuesday You're listening to The Tuesday edition Of Sports Call On Tiger 95.9 <music>
0: Stay tuned. You're listening to the multi-time Abbey Award-winning sports call. Feel free to give us a call at 334-887-3401 or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9.
1: Welcome back to Sports Call, Tiger 95.9. Ryan the Boy, Brooks Childress, Tom Heavey, Brant Docter will be joining us in just a second for Town Name Tuesday. It is late in the show. We have not yet gotten to birthdays in sports, so we're going to do a very abbreviated version of that right now. It's time for today's birthdays in sports. All right, birthdays in sports today. Greg Berhalter turns 50. Of course, he is right now the head coach of the U.S. men's national team. Did survive a little bit of investigation there a couple of months ago. Uh, He's been with the men's national team since 2018. Greg Berhalter is 50 today.
2: Go Tar Heels. Newark, New Jersey. Uh, St. Benedict's Preparatory. Go Gray Bees.
1: Gray Bees. I I wasn't going to – we can do the names. Again, I'm just trying to do this really quickly. I just
7: wanted to give you your Tar Heels And and he is a Tar tar Heel. heel. And you
1: know that took a lot within me to avoid that. So you know how serious (laughs) I am when I'm moving on. But, yes, North Carolina notably good at men's and women's soccer. Edrin James turns 45, former NFL running back, born in the state of Florida. A Mokalee High School Indians. Where he attended the University of Miami. You. And, of course, a great uh, running back for the Indianapolis Colts. Two-time NFL rushing yard leader, four-time Pro Bowler, Edrin Edrin James, turns 45 today. Scotty Barnes turns 22. He's four for the Toronto Raptors right now. He was also born in the state of Florida, led his high school to two consecutive state titles At well,
2: it depends on which high school. Sophomore and junior as a sophomore and junior (laughs) as a sophomore. That was at NSU University School in Fort Lauderdale. Go Sharks. Go Sharks. Okay, I can support that. But before that, he was as a freshman at uh, Cardinal Newman High School in West Palm. Go Crusaders. Uh, Sophomore and junior NSU University School. Like I said, go Sharks. His last year at Montverde Academy. Go Eagles. Okay. Well, we got Bland
1: there at the end, but the first two were were little little Crusaders
2: and Sharks actually. Pretty solid.
1: Uh, of course, he, uh, as uh, Brooks has been doing the entire time. Uh, where'd he go, Brooks? Oh! Thank you for that. Uh, that would be the Florida State Seminoles. Again, uh, ACC Freshman of the Year in 2020, drafted fourth overall by the Raptors in 2021, and was named the NBA Rookie of the Year in 2022.
2: His senior year at uh, Mont Verde Academy, his teammates were Cade Cunningham and uh, Daron Sharp. Considered the greatest high school team ever. They went 25-0 and and won by an average of 39 points. Jeez. Cade Cunningham, great NBA player. Well, when he healthy, uh, very good NBA player. Daron Sharp was good for
1: North Carolina, and now I believe is with the Brooklyn Nets. Madison Bumgarner is, last but not least, turns 34, pitcher for the Arizona Diamondbacks, where he was before he got released, I should say, uh, was born in the state of North Carolina, led his high school to a state championship in baseball as a senior in 2007.
2: That would be South Caldwell High School in Hudson, North Carolina. Go Spartans!
1: In addition to uh, being Gatorade Player of the Year, drafted 10th overall by the San Francisco Giants, Made his debut in 2009, pitched for 11 seasons, four-time All-Star, named MVP of both the NLCS and World Series in 2014. Holds the MLB record for most innings pitched in a playoff run and an ERA in a World Series with a .25 ERA, which is allowing only one earned run. Uh, so Bum Bumgarner is 34 today. But there's also one more birthday to tell you about. And uh, I'm glad that I'll just be uh, – Full disclosure, I'm glad we did get this segment in for Brooks to remind me of this and everything. Today is the 28th birthday in the history of Sports Call. Uh, August 1st. Uh, go Sports go, Call. Go, go <laughs> Auburns. Go Sports, go call sports Auburns. Go Sports Ballers. Uh, the, uh, August the 1st of 1995 was when Sports Call first took the air, and we had a big celebration for that a few years ago, even despite COVID in 2020 for our 25th anniversary so today is our 28th birthday 28th year of sports call uh and again want to certainly appreciate all you the listeners and the callers for that without that we uh who some of us were born even before or excuse me after that uh would not have the opportunity to be on this show today so again we really appreciate all of your support listening to the podcast listening to the show live on the radio on the tiger communications app calling in uh, your contributions, we could not do 28 years without you. And so uh, it's a happy birthday to us, but it's also a lot of appreciation to you, the listener, and the caller. And so those are the birthdays in sports today. Greg Burhalter, 50. Edron James, 45. Scotty Barnes, 22. and Bumgarner, 34. And us, Sports Call Auburn, 28 today. All right, so we've had a full show today. We wouldn't have it any other way, especially on our birthday. So uh, it is a Tuesday. We've not had one in uh, a few weeks, and so it's now time for a Town Name Tuesday.
0: First, JJ talked a little too much about Asheville. Now Brooks proclaims his love for the 251. It's time to look at some of the other fun towns in the
1: country. It's Town Name Tuesday. All right, Town Name Tuesday. Brooks has, again, put this together. We're going to kind of make this one long segment. We also welcome on Brant Daughtry now, who... uh, Notably not as old as Sports Call. uh, He is someone I was referencing. Also myself, I'm 27 years of age, in case anyone's wondering. No, I'm not finicky about my age. I'll let you know if you ask. No one asked, and there, I gave it to you anyway. So, uh, but Town Name Tuesday on this Tuesday. We picked two states that are not completely at random, but they're certainly two different states. Brooks, who'd we
3: pick? Oh, well, we picked a team that is most definitely joining the Big 12 next year. Colorado. Colorado. Colorado,
1: Okay. And we picked
3: a team that, from a conference, they're leaving. Pac-12. The Pac-12. We picked Arizona.
1: Who oh, nice. could be eventually leaving to the Big 12. So okay. we wanted to take do a couple different states today. And again, kind of theming it around we try to do what's relevant when we can. We've not don't, been out west too often.
3: Don't worry, folks. You can find this on our podcast feed. It's not going to be available just on Apple TV or anything like Correct.
1: that. <laughs> yeah, no, you don't need subscription, special subscription uh, to listen to this. So let's uh let's get going. Colorado versus Arizona.
3: All right. Colorado and Arizona. Two, two, I don't think we've ventured to the, either of these two states before that I can remember. I think we've done Arizona once before. Maybe. Maybe we have. I think we did. We'll start out with a place called no name.
1: No name. No
3: name. Capital N, O, space capital N A M E. No I, name.
2: I'm gonna go Arizona because it sounds like something that would be out in the middle of the desert somewhere.
8: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I first of all, hey everybody, what's uh, up? Hey, there it is. <laughs> um, I'm also going to go with Arizona because I can't remember the band that wrote the song, but like horse with no name. Oh. It's
1: like riding through the desert on a horse with no name, and it just, it just it feels very Arizona. Yeah, I. I agree. Again, I always I always find something logical, then remind myself that the logic never ends up proving true. Uh, but, look, both state I will say this. Colorado and Arizona. They've still got a lot of vacant land. Colorado, just because it's not desert, doesn't mean that there's just people all over the place. There's Denver, there's Colorado Springs, a couple other. Uh, Boulder, I guess. But, again, there's still... Pl- I mean, it's a large state compared to the people that actually... Uh, inhabit it so colorado's not going to shock me but i'll join the crew go with arizona you're
3: heading down interstate 70 get off on exit 119 you'll go to no name colorado
1: Ah, there you go wow yeah it has a lot of land too uh, but uh why is it why does it not have a name
3: well it's named for no name creek and no name canyon
1: Okay. Oh, All right. So it the is, whole collection of no-names. No-name
3: was also one of the boats on John Wesley Powell's expedition in 1869 to map out the Colorado River, along with other boats, uh, including, but not limited to, Emma Dean, Kitty Clyde's sister, and Maid of the Canyon.
1: So, okay, no. Time out. Yep. Hang on. So 1869, there was a voyage to yep. scout out the Colorado River. Yes. And something... He named, one of them said no name? Yeah, the boat name was no name. The boat name was no name. Yeah, the no boat's,
3: name. boat's name was no okay. name. Okay,
1: I thought, I thought you meant that he went out there yeah. and said, oh, I don't have a name for this because <laughs> I've <boat>. discovered this. <laughs> I'm just going to leave it as no name.
3: No, the bo- boat's name was no name. I,
1: I like that idea, actually. Yeah, I'm just like, you know what? If you're discovering something, it probably doesn't have a name. No. You know, but pretty I, pretty well, sound it, stuff. You could argue that that's, that's what he did with
2: the boat. Yeah,
1: yeah, but he knew what boats were. He could have given it a a, a name. I don't know. Whatever. So
2: here's the craziest thing is I I have been right there at no name, basically, because uh, it is part of the Glenwood Springs, Colorado metropolitan, excuse me, micropolitan statistical area. Don't give him too much credit. The Glenwood (laughs) Springs post office uh, zip code serves the area. I have been to Glenwood Springs. Oh, wow. uh, so this was, you, this
1: was gettable for you? It was you gettable. I don't business remember. Business or pleasure?
2: Uh, <laughs> I was doing the drum corps tour. Okay, and, business. Uh, yeah, we uh, we stopped in Glenwood Springs. Oddly enough, Glenwood Springs is where the uh, death site and the uh, burial site of Doc Holliday.
3: Ah, <laughs> thought we were going down one of those murderers. Yeah. No, yeah, again. Yeah,
2: Doc, <laughs> Doc Holliday died at the Glenwood Springs Sanitarium and uh, is buried on a little ridge above Glenwood Springs. But I'm sure you could probably see no name from that ridge if I had to guess. All right. So there you go.
1: That's pretty good stuff. All right, we start off with No Name, Colorado. What yeah. up? We got next.
2: Uh,
7: so
3: you know, everybody, you, you guys always struggle with with um, logic for these names. Yeah.
2: Well, uh, I think or logic struggles us. <laughs> I think
3: the best way to to in, embrace this segment is to be carefree.
1: Okay. So the one next town,
3: carefree. One word. C A R E F R E E.
8: Carefree. Am, am I more likely to be carefree in Arizona or Colorado? As as you have just established, the logic doesn't Colorado. matter. Colorado. Yeah, absolutely. So probably for, because I, Arizona is decidedly hotter. <laughs> I well, it's hotter.
1: Uh, There's some
8: other things you can do in Colorado. Well, Colorado's yeah, no, i was saying for. Arizona's hotter, but yeah, you can do the oh, other. You're things right. In Colorado. You're right. Arizona's famous for being hot. Colorado's famous for being very relaxed. You say it. For being high. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. If you're yeah. high, then
1: <laughs> uh, I'm going to go Colorado. I, all right, so. I'm going to go, I'm going to care for, and it's. And it's uh, carefree Colorado, that's care, alliteration. Yeah. How can I ignore yeah. that? yeah. Yeah, I'm Colorado. I'm,
2: I'm going to yeah. say Arizona, just I'm going to be different because, again, logic has not yeah. been our best friends. It's probably, I'll
1: provide you the logic, the, and you can go against sure, me. There's, there's, <laughs> there's, there's,
2: it's probably some sand dune in Arizona. They call this the Carefree Dune, and that's what they named the town after.
3: Carefree. Is, I'm going to say this and Ryan's going to immediately know where it is. Uh huh. Carefree is a town in Maricopa County.
2: Oh, Arizona.
3: dang
1: it, Arizona. Yeah. He hears me talk about that county. I do political races sometimes. I talk about the votes. There you go. Tell him myself. Just and. outside
3: of Phoenix and yep. Scottsdale. Yep. It is a residential area okay. characterized as an upscale. Con- uh, was conceived in the mid 1950s by business partners K.T. Palmer and Tom Darlington as a master planned community. The, uh, what? the area was a- has been able to avoid annexation by neighboring Scottsdale, so it has huh. continued to be So it's carefree. remained carefree. It has remained carefree.
7: <laughs> oh.
2: Okay. They have a big sundial there, the Carefree Sundial, designed by architect Joe Wong and solar engineer John Yellett, was erected at Sundial Circle Plaza in 1959. It claims to be the third largest sundial in the Western Hemisphere.
1: I didn't know we had to rank the sundials. Usually we just know go largest. Well, but we actually
2: have... We actually have some famous folks from Carefree. Uh-oh. Okay. Eric Bischoff. Are any of y'all familiar with the world of wrestling? Not uh, entrepreneur. Not, not exceptionally. Uh, yeah. Entrepreneur and professional wrestling producer, Eric Bischoff. Uh, Hugh Downs, broadcaster, television host, news anchor. Uh, let's see who else is on here. Dick Stockton, sportscaster. Dick oh, Allen. yeah. Yep. Absolutely. And Dick Van Dyke, the, act, yep. the wow. actor. There we go.
1: Wow. Okay. Yep. There you go. Could have said something there, but okay, okay, that's pretty solid. Whoa, that—that that all you got? Oh, that's yeah. it. I, <laughs> I, I, I... <laughs> uh, sure. Was looking at you, my... you had
2: yeah, had me at Dick Van Dyke. Yeah, I mean that's a good one to end on.
3: All right, all right. So carefree Arizona from No, no Name Colorado. Colorado. We're going from carefree. This this Stressful. could this this one <laughs> could be could be leaning one way, but it could go another. We're going to Last Chance.
1: You?
2: <laughs> Two
3: words. Not you. Last Capital chance. L-A-S-T. Right. Space. Capital C-H-A-N-C-E. Last I, Chance.
2: I'm going to go Logic again, even though I just went against the Logic, but the Carefree thing. But Last Chance just sounds like a very desert. It's like the last town that you get before there's nothing else. And so this is your last chance to stop and take a pee.
8: Yeah, it sounds like <laughs> last <laughs> last chance sounds like the town in an old western, so I'm also right. going to yeah, go Arizona. Yeah, it
2: does. Here's, what, here's my counter, though. A lot of old western Colorado as well. As I mentioned, Doc Holliday died in
1: Glenwood Springs. Here's actua- here's what I first thought of. And see, I went the complete opposite type of terrain. Last chance on the mountain mm. is what I was thinking. I was thinking, last chance before you plummet. <laughs> plummet (laughs) Mm. on the mountain I don't know it doesn't it never makes sense Colorado Colorado fine
3: so two Arizonas and a Colorado
1: yep yep Last
3: Chance is an unincorporated community in Washington County, Colorado. Mm,
1: there we go. I am over three. Don't uh, fall off the mountain, the, folks. The
3: town was supposedly so named because it was the only was once the only place for travelers to to secure fuel fuel and provisions for many miles in any direction.
2: Well, there, so, so it was Tom's I was logic was right. But for the wrong, wrong, state. For the wrong state. This is your last chance to take a pee and get some Mountain Dew in yeah. Colorado. Yeah. In Colorado. Uh, you, they still have mountain. They just don't have the do. Uh, no. Oh, wow. Uh, July 21st, 1993, between 7 and 8.45, five tornadoes touched down in the last chance. Linden area strongest was F3. Two F1s, two F0s. Tornadoes did not kill or cause the injury, but several farms were destroyed. Someone forgot to tell the tornadoes their last chance to rehab. I guess so. it kept coming. Uh... June 25th, 2012, wildfires started called sparks. Goodness. Called stop it. <Ow>. A lot that of, is a plagued area. A lot of bad stuff. I don't, it's, I, it's cursed. It's also apparently plagued with no famous people, so I don't have any Well, hope. yeah,
1: because they're getting Mother <laughs> they're, Nature mad no. every two years. They're all leaving. Uh,
2: he, the, the, well, y'all are too young to remember the show He I know what Hee Haw is. Like, yeah. I'm from Robert Stale. Okay. Well, he Haw <laughs> saluted Last Chance Colorado, population of 25, on November 16, 1974. The population was 25? Yep
3: unincorporated. Alright. Well
2: <laughs> There you go. What is see, what is their population now? Uh population as of two thousand was a total of twenty
3: three. Oh no <laughs>
2: so they Wrong way dropped. They, they lost some since Hee Haw. Well, go the I wrong way.
3: Tornadoes and fire tornadoes, Wildfires. I mean
2: Tornadoes, wildfires and He shout out <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, some are some are in the lost so, call there for literally. sure. Yeah.
1: All right, Brooks, wait. Well. Right,
3: next. This is a place I think we'd all like to go to.
1: Carefree. for Hallelujah Land? No.
3: <laughs> Close. <laughs> Dateland. Uh-oh. Well, that too. <laughs> One word. D-A-T-E-L-A-N-D. Dateland.
1: Date one
3: word you said? <laughs> one word, dateland.
1: Dateland.
2: Not dateline. Do they grow dateland? Do they grow dates in any of those Date. Or It's just so. a great place to,
3: you know, see a movie and a yeah. and a dinner. Yeah. I'm Here just show. Theater.
2: I'm gonna yeah. say Colorado. Why not?
8: I I wanna say Colorado, but I'm Ofer, so I'm gonna fade myself and say Arizona.
1: Uh, see, I was going to Arizona. Brant said Arizona. He's gonna
8: get one right though eventually. I well yeah. that's like I, I thought Colorado, so that's why I'm going yeah. Arizona.
1: I Arizona. Fine. Sign me fine, up. Fine, he'll do it. <laughs>
3: Dateland.
1: I, I just signed me up for a date.
3: <laughs> Dateland is hey, located man. in Yuma County, Arizona. There we Yay! go. It is an area well known for date palm dates. I was right! The, the, the well, then go with the, it, then. No, well, I, <laughs> just, I
2: didn't know where dates were. I thought dates were like a Floridian thing, along with, like, oranges and stuff. I had no they, idea dates were growing out in Arizona. The Dateland Much Food Court Dateland, Arizona. is
3: home to the self-proclaimed world-famous Date Shakes.
2: Yep, let's we'll see that. How about that? Date,
1: date Shakes? Date Shakes. I'm sorry, I, I'm just gonna... I don't know what that is. What is that? It's a, it's a date, fruit. It's like a fruit. Yeah. I, I've just not... Didn't know that. I yeah. was... Okay. Began is as road good? Do you ab- like dates?
2: I, I can't I, say I like them or not. It, mostly around here you find them, like, dried. Like in dry? The, oh, I yeah. don't know. Then. Yeah, like like trail mix. That's probably yeah. why I've avoided it.
3: Dateland began as a road stop in the 1920s. Then during World War II, it was the site of two of General Patton's desert training camps. Wow. Oh. So some American history happened okay. around Dateland. <clears throat> Unclear if it's a good place to see dinner and a show.
2: Yeah. That's just crazy that I was actually correct about Dateland being named after dates, like the actual fruit. Yeah. I just had no idea where dates came from, so... Bam! I don't know. Darn. Oh, well. Again, you can find all the
1: logic you want, and then you realize that people just don't make any sense. <laughs> and,
2: and that's what ends up happening. Well, my logic was dead on. I just didn't know where my logic was directing me to.
3: All right. So we're going from Dateland... We done four, three. We've done four. four. Okay. We've had two Colorados, two Arizonas.
1: Okay. Probably right. have time for two, maybe three more. All maybe right, we'll we, say like three more. We can do that.
3: We've had no name. Now let's go to nowhere. No. <laughs> One word. Nowhere. Okay. N o w h e r e. So again,
1: you. This is why these states are good to me because you could say nowhere, Arizona. There's, there's a lo- long stretch of nothingness there, right? There's desert, okay? That makes sense. Nowhere. You're nowhere. Right. But also in Colorado, you get lost in the mountains. And where are you then? You're nowhere. You're lost. It can happen either way, you know? And so I don't know which one's going to turn out to be. Uh, nowhere, Colorado. Nowhere, Arizona. And you see, you say it out
2: loud. Sounds good to both. You, you look like... Are you? You're just. You're just I, I mean, me I was waiting on you to finish. I'm just saying Arizona, just because I don't. That is more of a nowhere. Nowhere. Than a nowhere feels more Arizona-ish to me than Colorado, but I again logic out the window. I'm just going with Arizona though.
8: I haven't said Colorado in a while, so I'm going to say Colorado. <laughs> I love that. That's that's, that's all I got. That's all I for because for, like I tried applying logic to it, but I mean for all the reasons Ryan just said, he just talked through pretty much my same exact thought process he just said it out loud you so can,
1: i am gonna say colorado <laughs> you can be nowhere but everywhere at the same mm. time
8: um i wish it was K N O W nowhere yeah mm, that would have been
1: fun i'm gonna go colorado why not
3: nowhere is allegedly located in colorado wow. i say allegedly uh. located because i could not find anything on nowhere it may really? be in the twilight zone for all we know. Well,
2: what, how did you come up with the name? If you couldn't it, find it, it was on back? a
3: website. I've, I've, I have a website that gives me the names, and I look, do the research after the fact on them to, to find What's stuff the, on. Um, it?
2: Smithsonian Magazine. What does this say? It's a Smithsonian <laughs> photo contest. <clears throat>
1: <laughs> See, again, I mean, you would think of the most nowhere, nowhere Arizona. I can buy that, <laughs> but nowhere. nowhere. Again. You can, these again, these aren't little piddly mountains in Colorado, okay? So you're at a point you're gonna run out of place where people usually go, and so you can get in the middle of nowhere there, too. It's just a different kind of nowhere, you're up there a little bit more, more trees around, hopefully, no more bears. True. <laughs> Lots of bear videos coming out these days. Uh, that doesn't always go well for humans, but anyway, that's a aside, but anyway. I can. That's why I can see either one. And honestly, I'm just going opposite of Tom at this point because <laughs> he's had bad luck at this point.
2: I can't find anything about nowhere. Calls. nowhere. It's nowhere to be found. It's it is to nowhere, found. nowhere to be found.
3: All right. Well, let's go from a place that it's nowhere, place that had no name, nowhere. Let's go to a place that you know actually has a name. Jake's Corner.
8: Was Excellent it? transition.
1: Jake's corner. Oh, Jake's, Jake's corner. Jake's Corner.
3: J a k. Is he from State Farm? Maybe. Nah. J a k e apostrophe S- Atlanta. Space Corner. C o r n e. Jake's Corner. There used to be. What was that? Was
1: it Jake's Steakhouse in Orange Beach or Gulf Shores? Yeah. Just saying. I don't know. I'm just trying to notable places named with Jake's name. Um, Jake's
2: Corner. Jake's Corner. It's I, I'm Corner, Colorado. I'm, corner Arizona. I'm going Colorado for no other reason that I don't know. I <laughs> yeah, love it. Sure. Uh,
1: so, Arizona, it's hard to corner out a bunch of nothing space. <laughs> All right. But in Colorado, you can corner out a little segment on the mountain, little little splotch of land there. I'll, I'll go with Tom on this one. Why not? Let's go Colorado. Brant. I feel like Arizona
8: is one of those states out west, and I may I may be mistaking this in my head, but when I picture Arizona, it just looks like a rectangle. So like, there's four corners on it.
2: I mean, kind of. So does Colorado. Colorado. Colorado is literally a square. All right. Well, you know what? You know
8: what? You know (laughs) what? I'm going Arizona. I'm going Arizona.
2: (laughs) Jake's
3: corner,
8: because I thought Arizona first
3: is a census-designated place that sits about 19 miles south of Payson, Arizona. Wow. Population of about 1,800 people. Shouldn't have listened to me. Wow. (laughs) Uh, Cool little bar. General store that bear the same name sit at the spot. Perfect place for a pit stop.
1: Yeah, again, you can just do what, I mean, you can think whatever nice thought you want to have. And then it's just going to go the the opposite way.
2: (laughs) Population of 98. (laughs) uh, 98, okay. 98. Maybe uh, we'll get triple digits one day. Total area of 1.4 square miles, all land. 4.1
1: square miles. Does it? Can you put it's that a, real quickly in a frame of reference, like how much land
2: that actually is? Not really. No. It, it's like Jake's Corner is like, like dead Like if you took the state of Arizona and drew a bullseye dead in the middle, that's about Jake's Corner.
1: Which, again, logically, oh yeah, a corner of something would be right in the middle. Oh yeah, right? absolutely. Right? I mean, yeah. right,
2: dead slap in the bullseye <laughs> middle of Arizona. <laughs> Oh, man. Maybe just slightly to the southeast of dead center, but, I mean, it's... Close enough. It's pretty much in the bullseye zone yeah. of the dartboard there. Man.
1: All right, all right Brooks. You ready uh, to finish I this one out? Jake's yeah, let's, do, let's go ahead and do one more.
3: And we'll finish this one out by bringing this town named Tuesday to its climax.
1: Oh, got to be Colorado, right? Any 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 reasoning for Arizona... No, uh, canyon? I'm trying to, I I trying trying to think
2: of some logic to climb. I yeah. do have a logic. Uh-oh. Oh, watch out. Okay, and he seems confident. All right, get to me. Climax of a mountain, maybe? Yeah. Top yeah. of the mountain? Oh, that's what yeah. I was saying. Yeah, that's yeah, what, that's about. what we were talking about. I
1: was like, "Can do you have any argument for Arizona? Because obviously, well, there you are there, mountain.
2: Oh, I, I'm sorry. I didn't hear that. Um, I mean, there are a lot of mountains in Arizona. Like, you get in northern Arizona. I mean, you're in yeah. the Rockies. Didn't we have I a mean, climax? Flagstaff, it, it snows a lot in Flagstaff, Arizona. Didn't we have a climax last time we played this? There, there's, there's a climax, climax in another state. There's like a climax Georgia and a yeah. climax Alabama, and like everybody's climaxing in their state. <laughs> yep. That was, was low-hanging fruit. Yep. <laughs> that was low-hanging or fruit. Weren't they low-hanging dates? Uh-huh.
1: In oh. Dateland? Again, there's <laughs> more low-hanging fruit, fruit here, but I'm going to avoid it. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to probably go Colorado, too, because, again, that's what you would think. Let's go ahead and give me me the L, Brooks. Go ahead. Give me the L.
7: Climax
3: is an unincorporated mining village in Lake County.
1: Colorado oh. hey. you said lake I got optimistic because it doesn't feel as many of those Arizona's Colorado
3: climax is located along the continental divide at an elevation of 11,360 feet above sea so level. high
1: up okay it was the high
3: it was the highest human settlement in the United States and it holds the record for having the country's second highest post office and the highest railroad station
1: this was named accurately Wow Like, this actually makes sense. This never happens. Technically. It it, it only makes sense if it's, it's like, after a guy that found it.
2: This is, though, kind of a trick question as far as this town goes. Excuse me? It's a ghost town right now. It has a population of zero.
1: No. It is now
2: considered a ghost town.
1: No, there was, but uh, it had a post office There was a mine, there, <laughs> there
3: was a mine there That shut down in 1965 And all the houses Were transported to West Park Subdivision in Lead, uh, Leadville Colorado no, no, But the mine reopened 17 years later or, uh, Yeah 17 years later
1: But is it closed again if no one it, mines it? Well, or is it no, they just commute? I, I
3: believe people still mine it but they just commute now
1: What so. do we mine there?
3: Uh Molly
2: M- Molly Bimbedum. Yep.
1: That. Yes as well. Um I have what no is, idea. Let me what is Molly that? bimbedum?
2: It looks like Does chemical element sense? with the symbol MO and the atomic number 42. Missouri? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh it's just I mean it's lead. Okay. Basically. Okay. Lead ore once you're confused with lead ore, so it's a type of lead. Steel alloy. Okay. Uh, I can
1: deal a, with that. A, min- a mineral. Well, that was a, a little shorter, but a little sweeter, uh, as uh, we had some good names there. Again, I, I'm glad that we concluded with climax because <laughs> that uh, had to reach the climax. Wow. Well, well, I'm just saying. I'm the only that adult on this sense. show. <laughs> that made sense. That's
2: a scary thought too. Yeah,
1: All <laughs> I'm saying is that made sense. Usually, the only ones that make sense are like. I'm an, I'm a guy named Turtle, and I'm going to name it Turtle Town or something like that. And there's know, no
2: water in right. Turtle Town in Arizona. <laughs> it's like, there's
1: no you turtles know, in there. Jake's Corner. What, did that make sense to anybody Why it was in the middle of the state? No, I Shout don't out think to Jake. So. Yep. Shout out to my buddy, Jake. So, I'm State pres- Farm. I appreciate that no. that was accurately named. That's, I don't know anybody named Jake. All I'm saying. And uh, had a high-up post office and everything. So, Brooks, thank you for the research. Yes, um, I sir. I really appreciate that. And Brant, thank Thank you for joining during that segment. Thank you for having me. Uh we are gonna take one final break in the show today. We're gonna go ahead and say goodbye to Mr. Tom Peavy. Yep, Got yep. some stuff to accomplish this evening. Tom, thank you for being on the show. We'll see you again tomorrow.
2: Absolutely. And uh, guys cluck up. We will we'll hold, hold we'll it, try. it down for we'll us keep, that are gonna be absent.
1: Tonight. Keep clucking on. All right, one final timeout, back to wrap up the show right after this.
0: We need a timeout. Sports Call will be back after this quick break. I'm Corey Grant, former Auburn football and NFL running back, and you are listening to Sports Call
6: on Tiger 95.9.
1: back to sports call tiger 95.9 ryan lavoie and brooks childers finishing things off here on this tuesday afternoon just played some town name tuesday good to get back into a big game there again if you missed that or anything on the show today we had Justin ferguson on the auburn observer we talked some recruiting we had our first sports call five five in quite some time missed any of that go back and check it out the sports call podcast brought to you by coca-cola If you ever miss Sports Call Live, if you want to hear something again, make sure you go back and listen to our show on demand wherever you get your podcasts. Join Ice Cold Coca-Cola to go along with the hottest sports talk, Coca-Cola. Taste the feeling, of course, our podcast is available on SoundCloud, Google Play, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, and the Tiger Communications app. I believe I'd have to double check this. But I think we one of the other services we used to have our podcast on was Stitcher. I believe today was the day they ceased operations, I think. It was either the first this month or last this month. So if you ever got our podcast via Stitcher, that entire company kind of blew up. Uh, and so, but still a lot of ways, SoundCloud, the main way, SoundCloud, Google Play, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Tiger Communications app.
3: If you're a Stitcher listener, you have until August 29th.
1: 29th. Okay, so end of this month. So you still got one more month on Stitcher, uh, but if you uh, if you do listen to, through the Stitcher platform, you got a month to do so. And again, you'll have to go over to SoundCloud, Google Play, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, all that good stuff, our Tiger Communications app to, to find the podcast after uh august 29th there all right just a couple minutes left and show we will get to a nightly tv in just a second Uh, i don't believe there were any other big trades at least not concerning the braves that jack flaherty trade ended up going uh st louis to baltimore so the upstart orioles having their best year in quite some time they add to their starting pitcher uh starting pitching excuse me uh starting starting pitcher Jack Flaherty, who uh, I think had uh, said his goodbyes to St. Louis a few days ago. I think he always thought he was getting traded, but it took till the very last moment. That's a tough time. Again, this is more so than the other major sports. The trading deadline, way more active in Major League Baseball. I mean, uh, you usually – have every single team get involved with a trade in the in the week leading up to it or on the actual day and even though even though for us not yeah. every trade today was big you were showing me just four or five trades even after the five o'clock yeah. buzzer that were just now being reported so even today even though not a lot of them large scale you had 15 20 25 trades today of multiple players on each team and all that sort of stuff so a lot of moving parts tough time of year for those guys but uh again trade in line now has come and gone and shouldn't hear of any more deals uh, today
3: yeah baseball gets really it's really active and then I'd say basketball and hockey are mildly active football it's like hey the trade deadline was stay
1: oh really Oh, uh, really yeah that's, a
3: safety may have moved yeah but that's yeah. it
1: very few of any trades usually what's more common throughout the season is to a few more free agent yeah hold over some given shots to 30 32 33 year old guys for one last time that sort of thing but not a whole lot of stuff in the NFL uh and then also here with just a uh, couple minutes left want to tell you about our next few weeks on sports call uh last week of course we did the over under win totals for the power five conferences coming up tomorrow we start our voyage into previewing every sec team okay that will not dominate every single show but it will certainly be a large chunk of much of these shows and uh, we will start with some of the bottom feeders from there we will go at Uh, Go with it one a day, but tomorrow we'll do both Missouri and Vanderbilt. Sorry to both those teams for not getting a full day, Uh, but we will do the 14 SEC schools over the next 13 shows. That will get us to game week, I believe, Uh, week zero game week, not the full game week. So uh, that uh, will be very exciting uh, to get through uh, to those. So, again, coming up over the course of the next two and a half weeks, we will be previewing each and every team in the Southeastern Conference. After that, we'll preview kind of the whole conference, the, the Power 5 conferences as a whole, and then we'll be right on top of it. So excited about that. Final minute or two of the show for today, though. Let's start, uh, or let's start to wrap things up with a nightly TV guide.
0: Our show is about to end, but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's nightly TV guide.
1: Sports Calls Nightly TV Guide, presented by White Claw Heart Seltzer. Brooks, what do we have? we got a couple things on TV for you
3: tonight in the sports world, so we're only going to give you one movie pick for you. It's a family movie pick. Sit down with the kids and enjoy Dr. Seuss's The Lorax at 6 o'clock on Nickelodeon. Uh, this is a shout-out to Brant because... Uh, Taylor Swift is as uh, a part in Doctor Seuss's The Lorax, so uh, he is. She is. Uh, she's in that. And He's so, a
1: big fan of. He her. is a big yeah. fan of Taylor Huge Swift, fan.
3: and so that is your movie pick for the evening. Sports picks for you though. Six o'clock on TBS. It's your Tuesday night baseball and an AL East battle. It's the Tampa Bay Rays head up to the Bronx to take on the New York Yankees. The Yankees and the the Rays were kind of quiet. The the Yankees, the Yankees made Yankees a is, yeah. made a small move right yeah, at the deadline. Wish. But
1: a nothing, burger. George Steinbrenner <laughs> rolling over in his grave right now. Anyway, continue.
3: But it's a it's a battle in the ALA tonight at six o'clock on TBS. Also at six o'clock on ESPN. Some WNBA action as the Minnesota Lynx, Lynx visit the Connecticut Sun. Former Auburn Tiger Joanna Bonner still dominating for the uh, Connecticut Sun. They're really good this year. I don't know if you've uh, kept up with any of it, but
1: I've seen Bonner continue to. Big numbers. But big they, things. Yeah.
3: They've been, uh, the, the Sun have been uh, breaking some records this year, scoring-wise, with uh, some of their players. They're, they're a fun, fun watch this year. Also, at 7 o'clock on ESPNU, the Northwoods Baseball League is back on as Great Plains East takes on the All-Star Great Plains. And, of course, your Atlanta Braves are back in action tonight at 620 on Valley Sports South. Spencer Strider on the bump tonight as the Braves take on the Los Angeles Angels, and they look to even the series at one game apiece. And that... Is your nightly TV guide brought to you by our friends at White Claw, Hard Seltzer.
1: Thank you very much for that, Brooks, and thank you again for your research with the Town Name Tuesday and TV Guide. Appreciate you being here today. We'll see you again on Thursday. We'll see you then. And that will do it for the show today. Again, a big shout-out and appreciation for Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer who joined us on the show today, and uh, for Brent Dontry for hopping on. Uh, And, of course, as always, for all those that tuned in and called in. For Brand Daughtry, Tom Peavy, and Brooks Childress, my name is Ryan LeBoy. Have a great Tuesday night. Clock up, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow.